Once again, Greg found himself thinking of the snapshots he had taken with the weird camera. First Michael, then Terry, then Bird, then his father. All four photos had shown something terrible, something terrible that hadn't happened yet. And then all four photos had come true. What's the truth about the camera, he wondered. Does the camera show the future? Or does it actually cause bad things to happen? It wasn't really funny, but... It was scary as shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm scared. Like, yeah, I'm gonna cry now. <laughs> Do you want me to read what I would have read? Yeah, yeah. Bird began to cluck loudly, tucking his hands into his armpits and flapping his arms with beady eyes and a beaky nose. He looked just like a chicken. Greg didn't want to laugh, but he couldn't help it. Bird always made him laugh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, is he? Is he? Is he called? Is he called Bird because he impersonates birds? No, he looks like a bird. Yeah, he's got bird-like features. He's got a big nose, and you know, but yeah. he embraces it. Yeah, yeah. So he embra- he embraces it by clucking like a chicken. I uh, should be Arrested Development like thing. I literally wrote that down in my notes, like Arrested Development. Yeah, I think I think Bird probably has some deep it's it's one of those things where you're being bullied and you think that you can uh, just joke along with them and you'll be in on the joke. I mean, this fans pepper like him. Like, Greg can't not laugh at this horrible joke. But yeah. I don't know. Uh, Protect yourself, Bird. Bullied kids who think they're friends with their bullies are the saddest kids ever. <laughs> I <laughs> always knew go. my bullies hated me and I hated them. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I, I, I made sure to separate myself from them. They, they, they just uh, like to joke around. Like to joke around, do they? They're just—they're my friends. They're just joking. Look, they are just guys that I get along with, and they are much bigger than me and stronger than me, and like to push me down the stairs. (laughs) Roll to reverse, I'd be pushing him. It just makes more sense this way. (laughs) At this point, I really, really wanted to play the Goosebumps theme, but which I did record, but I I didn't get the soundboard working. So imagine that I did play it from the show. I guess. Yeah, the one, yeah. the one that's like, you know, I don't know why, because I've never seen the show until last night, but I knew that song, so maybe it was something that came on and I like turned the channel quick. It was, it was in syndication. I think after I got home from school, I definitely watched it. Not me. It wasn't allowed. Never. No, it was wasn't allowed. Allowed, yeah. And I, I don't even know if it was on TV over here that much anyway. I feel like it might have been for a little bit, but yeah, I don't remember that well, to be honest. According, yeah, according to this book, it was the top-rated children's show three years in a row. Really? Like, that's, okay. it's, that's insane. It, it's, that's kind of a comment on the quality of kids' programming at the time, really, isn't it? Because like, the, the books are not highbrow, but the TV show was like pretty pretty bad i think <laughs> like, yeah. you know why i i figured it out it is a canadian production in the mid 90s uh, canada had there canada had no degrassi content at this time oh you're right so, this was a post degrassi world or in between or degrassi seasons new degrassi with between, and Bob world <laughs> exactly it was mm-hmm. between degrassi high and degrassi uh colon jay and silent bob <laughs> the t- the two the two eras. Um, anyway, I'll, I'll let I'll let you start the show like you normally do. I guess. Okay, that sounds Go, good. Fire when ready.
and welcome to another episode of Are You There Pod. It's me, Jessica. It's me, Jubilant Josh. <laughs> it's me, bull, Belligerent Blake. And we have a special guest with us today. Tom G. Wolf. You want to? How are we? Yeah. Going to? <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know if you wanted me to introduce or you or if uh, you wanted to do a funny name. Oh, should, so we, was, should we go? Yeah, I was kind of waiting. Terrible Tom G. Werewolf or something like that. Uh, I yes. Know, yeah. Yes. <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah. Strike. We need. We need uh, Goosebumps name. So. Uh, sh- shit. I need a minute to think on. This. Can I, Can I first say I screwed up? Uh, I said jubilant. Jubilant. I meant jovial because that was his pen name when he first started writing. Uh, at the sundial, his college paper, he would write as jovial. Jovial Bob Stein. Jovial, jovial Bob. Yeah. So that's, that's what terrible. I was trying to do, and I screwed that up. Jovial Josh is pretty funny. Jess, do you have a horror name? No. Get a goosebumps name. Look, Jay is not good for alliteration unless you're jolly, jubilant, jovial. Justified. Mm. Uh, Werewolf is just too good. See, yeah, I can't top that. Well, you know, I'm <laughs> sorry, I'm, sorry okay, to flex on you, Blake. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> here's my flex. I'm boo, Blake. Yeah, that's good. That's good. It's like what a ghost says. All right. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say, "Here's my flex, cutting your mic." <laughs> pretty, pretty sure that's spookier than anything in the actual book we're looking at today, too. Like, right, <laughs> like. Arlstein needs a book where someone just jumps out and yells "boo." It's a short story, really, <laughs> yeah. and we're all scared. Well, with this, well, with this today, we do have a guest. It is Tom G. Wolf, um, a writer from Sydney, Australia. <laughs> Thanks, not Mark. Sydney, Missouri. No, we don't know anyone from Sydney, Missouri. That's not a real place, I don't think. It could be. I don't know. Okay, I, I was going to question that. Mexico. I was like, "Is that real?" I guess. I think I mean, Missouri has a Mexico or something. We have a Mexico. We have a licking we have Missouri. A, we have a Versailles. We have Versailles a Uranus. Confirmed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, well, a Uranus fudge factory. Uranus it's not fudge factory is so <laughs> fucking funny. It's a real thing, Tom. Sorry. There's So there's billboards not far from our house that are like trying to troll the, the general public, I guess. They're like, come on down and around the corner to Uranus fudge factory. The entire... <laughs> premise of, of of the store is we have a a second grade joke. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I mean, his name is Bookmarks is with Karl Marx on the side. Like, yeah, this is worse. Like, this is worse. Uranus Fudge Factory. And there's a bunch of stuff. And it's like, come see Uranus and like all of these horrible signs. Do they? Yeah. Surely they sell T-shirts or something like that too. Like, oh, you know, obviously. I, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I get all my fudge fresh from Uranus or something like that. <laughs> or, you know. I I went I went to Uranus and all I got was a stupid T-shirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> once uh, once this is all over and we feel safe to go into Uranus Fudge Factory, we'll pick you up a T-shirt. Tyler. Yes, send it your yes, way. Yes, yes. I feel I like will never. That would be the funniest place. To be doing any kind of this nonsense, yelling at people about masks or whatever. For Uranus fudge, and and I demand it. I want us to go and make picket signs and go to Uranus fudge and then call the news leader. I want my sign to just say, "I want to be in Uranus." Yeah. <laughs> I want my rights. Open up Uranus. 
Like, yeah, like, just <laughs> exactly. Open Uranus now, yeah. dear dear President Trump. Liberate Uranus. I, I feel I feel like R. L. Stein would not appreciate any of this kind of humor. No, he would call it. He'd call it poo poo potty humor, and he'd he'd wash her mouths out with soap. <laughs> he would. He would be very disappointed. Well, before we get too much further, Josh, what do we do on this podcast? We talk about uh, young Uranus. adult books. So often do we talk about so often we talk about Arl Stein books to a point where I know way too much about him and his whole deal. Why do we keep doing them? I hate hearing about him. <laughs> is different in that the other ones were teen ones, and this is the first one that's for like grade school kids. Yeah, and what what book did we choose? We have grade school kids who have parents who aren't going to heaven. Um, we are doing. Yeah. Uh, Say Cheese and Die, the fourth Goosebumps book. This is your first Goosebumps, right? Yeah. This is the first one. And this one is like, if there are to be considered like big, big ones in the series, you know what I mean? Like the banger. Yeah. yeah. This is one of them, mm-hmm. right? Right. Oh, this is a definite banger. I mean, it's so banger. I got a Goosebumps Say Cheese and Die shirt. She's wearing a shirt that has like the sequel art on it or something. We think. We don't know. I never read Say Cheese and Die again. It's not. So. Yeah. It's not the art from the book. Yeah. I mean, the ones I but know. It's still pretty cool. Are this, the slappy ones, Night of the Living Dummy, and mm-hmm. like a blob one. Monster Blood. Yeah, Monster Blood. Yeah. Actually, there were four. Oh, I read the first three. I had seen the first movie. Movie? The one with Jack yeah. Black. Oh, That's that. What talking about. But I don't. Okay, well, I don't really remember it, or you know, like it. It yeah. didn't really verse me in, in the bumps of verse as much as <laughs> you would think. I read. I read a lot of bumps as a child. I was actually really into them, and I think I've mentioned on the show before. I even read "Give Yourself Goosebumps," mm-hmm. the "Choose Your Own Adventure" Goosebumps. Yeah. yeah. Somehow I didn't read this one ever. But I did watch the TV show episode about it, starring Ryan Gosling. <laughs> Which I have a funny IMDb, re- IMDb review that I want to read later on <laughs> about that I have, episode. So, I have a question about the Goosebumps show. Did mm-hmm. it j- so on Netflix when I was looking to watch it last night? It was it was the last one of the season, so I felt like they were saving this one because they felt like they, they had a big yeah. one. But a lot of the others were two parts. So, so the on on Netflix, Josh, um, it's not the whole thing. Like they did seventy odd episodes, but on Netflix, they've just got like a syndicated package of like thirteen or fourteen episodes or something. Yeah, yeah. So it's not actually like a season finale or anything like that. Yeah. Okay. That's a lot, a lot more episodes than I expected. I, I thought the same thing too when I was looking it up. I'm like, was was that necessary or you know? But you know, <laughs> I mean, hey, the fans demanded it. Yeah. yeah. So there were like what 200 books? I don't know how many books there were, but there yeah. were a lot. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, there are a lot, a lot. So I did a little bit of research just on. We've already talked about R.L. Stein a lot. I feel like in other episodes where we talked about Fear Street. Mm. But we haven't really focused on um, Goosebumps that much. So this was preceded by Monster Blood and followed by The Curse of the Mummy's Tomb. All bangers. Mm. Yep. <laughs> and the original Goosebumps series ran from 92 to 97. And then there were several spinoff series. So there's Goosebumps 2000, Goosebumps Gold, Give Yourself Goosebumps. The Goosebumps Gold series were never released. I have a note here what? that says that. I, I gotta don't know. read them. I don't know. Too hot. They're like too nasty and gruesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Goosebumps Horrorland, Goosebumps Most Wanted, which ran from 2012 to 2016. 
Goosebumps graphics, so graphic novels. Whoa. And then there's even a current Goosebumps spinoff series called Slappy World that is <laughs> started in 2017 to present, and they include such titles as Slappy Birthday to You, <laughs> I Am Slappy's Evil Twin, oh my God. Please Do Not Feed the Weirdo. I don't know. <laughs> This is tailor-made for Josh. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, they made my, a book about you, Josh. Like. <laughs> yeah. My friend Slappy. Um, so um, there have been at least 400 million Goosebumps books that have been sold. It was the best-selling series of all time for several years until J.K. Rowling introduced a little wizard named Harry Potter, mm-hmm. um, which beat it. And, and at one point, Goosebumps books sold 4 million books a month. Damn. That's and, a lot. Over three million of those were at Scholastic Book Fair. <laughs> yeah, they would have had to have been. Like. Definitely. Uh, that's where I got all mine. And that's yeah, or awesome. book orders. He worked for Scholastic, so there's some. What? I don't know. I feel like there may be a bit of a break uh, for that. Okay, so maybe today and a, a book called "Who Is R.L. Stein?" from uh-huh. from that like big head series of books. Yeah, who is so and so? The funniest of which, or least funny, I guess. Is uh, what were the twin towers? <laughs> Which is oh, a big no. oh, an animated, like uh, a drawing of the World Trade Center. Uh, here are mm. some just quick things that I learned about him. Well, here's a quote from the book. He took his job as the office funny man seriously. He even had a rubber chicken in his office. <laughs> oh. just that is so just funny. Humor. It, later, it says his current office. He has the pep- pepperoni pizza clock. What? That's that, so. That's so twisted and weird. That's so he, science, He's you know? irrepressible. That guy. Like he's. <laughs> that's like offensive. His senior year of college, he ran to be college president, even though you can't run as a senior because you're going to graduate. And he ran <laughs> with the. Uh, his slogan was "Elect a clown," and he got one thousand one hundred sixty-three votes written in. Isn't that kind of how, like, John Wayne Gacy's sort of uh, electoral policy when he was involved in, involved in community politics too? Like, vote for a clown? Like, you know, I think so. send him the clown. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it worked for him. Okay, two more things. Uh, in the German translation of Goosebumps is Flesh of the Chicken, that which I think mean, is funny. Yeah, same, same difference. Mm. Uh, well, if you have Goosebumps, you're not necessarily a chicken. There's a thing in here about critics that I wanted to read. Oh, okay. But not all the attention was good. This is talking about him being a bestseller. <laughs> Some parents thought the books were too scary for young readers. Some critics actually thought that Bob was a bad writer, exclamation <laughs> mark. Some 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 critics might have been correct. Sorry, Bob. There's people at the New York Book Review. <laughs> <laughs> Always okay. hanging shit on R.L. Stein. Like. I would love it if they... <laughs> if they if I would were, love to see a front page review of his. A big takedown. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, what's funny is Tom messaged me when he was reading it, and he was like, God, I didn't realize these books were so poorly written. I was like, yeah. Well... It hits you hard. Hits you hard yeah, when you realize that. I, I mean, I guess maybe I should talk a little bit about my background with them. Like, uh, I read a ton of them as a kid, just through various friends and things like that. But they're actually banned at my school. Uh, 
Um, which I don't think was that uncommon at the time, just because, you know, I, I went to a Christian primary school and they were concerned it could be demonic or something or other. Like the satanic panic didn't finish in the eighties, you know, like yeah. <laughs> did that, uh, did that make them more, uh, enticing to you? Just more, uh, forbidden um, fruit that you just wanted? No, not really. Cause I, I guess I came to horror a bit later in life. Like, I, I guess it was interesting, but it didn't like actually fuss me too much. It was more just now I can't read them at school i've got to read them at someone else's house or something like that you know it was more of an inconvenience than like this is an attack on our freedom of speech and expression or something like that i guess but um yeah no no so we used to get the scholastic book we, we didn't have the book fairs very often but we did have the c- catalogs come through about once or twice a month something like that and our teachers would make us sit down and cross out all the books we weren't allowed to order <laughs> so we i know right so uh, i have a lot of uh comp- this is like josh's dad but in teacher form yeah somehow? I, my dad was our principal yeah, I have some so weird. complex feelings about my primary school, some good, some bad. But yeah, we'd have to go through and obviously they'd make us cross out all the Goosebumps books because, you know, evil or what have you. But then you'd also have to um, the, the, the most obscure one I remember is uh, there was like a Looney Tunes book that had Witch Hazel on the cover or something, you know, that like, <laughs> and, and they're like, sorry, kids, you're not allowed to order that one because it's got a witch on it. And we're like, are you like, I think at that point was when I started to click like this is a bit weird like <laughs> you know. cross out this one that has violence against uh coyotes like yeah. he's, uh, <laughs> like a pancake it's 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 wrong well well that wasn't satanic like the uh yeah yeah that that's violent and it's cartoon but you know like yeah it was it was very odd it was very very odd but of course like it didn't stop people from buying them anyway because goosebumps was so ubiquitous anyway you could buy it you know, you could buy it in like supermarkets and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Like the yeah, it was everywhere back in the mid nineties. And that's that's one of the reasons that Satan still has a hold over this this world. Well, is that- <laughs> the, my, my old school's failure to stamp out goosebumps. <laughs> well, actually, on the, on that note, with the themed beers, um, the the connection is tenuous. But I bought a stone beer for this one, uh, Peak Conditions Hazy oh. IPA. Uh, the beer itself, neither here nor there, but it does have a picture of the devil on the can. So <laughs> it's like, if if you know, Wait, hold it, hold it. I can't see it. Hold hold it over the camera. Hold it into the microphone. Oh, the podcast yeah. listeners can hear it. Yeah, make sure. <laughs> okay, that's that's pretty cool. The uh, devil yeah. art there. Yeah, yeah. Well, all the all the beers have uh, the devil on it. I think uh, so. I tried. I normally like the arrogant bastardale, but that was out of stock, so I got this one instead. So, all right, bold move, uh, a guest bringing on his own theme beer. <laughs> Top that, Josh. Yeah. So what I have, it's a Voodoo Ranger 1985 IPA. In 1985, these books aren't set in the 80s, but they kind of are, right? Because they're really into having a station wagon. I think they're set in the 50s. Yeah. But <laughs> Honestly, like one of the characters has crimped hair, which would never happen in the 90s. So, yeah. But this has... A, a little skeleton man on it. Oh yeah! So much like when they take a picture, much like the cover of the original book, before, skeletons galore. Before they completely destroyed it mm. with. <laughs> a Who should we? Ta- should we talk about the updated book art? Because the original was iconic. The original is iconic, still iconic. Uh, it, it's a Polaroid, 
of a family barbecuing, but it's a family of skeletons. Yeah. Skeletons. That's the scariest thing there is. And mm-hmm. I, th- I got to say, I think the cover is largely the reason why this book has such iconic status in the series. Oh yeah, because because that-, well, that and the name is just ridiculous. It is, yeah. yeah. Cheese and dice. Everything it's inside the book is <laughs> just not is, the spooks well, provided awesome. and promised is, by the cover. Say, is say. Is say cheese and die even clever? Like it's not like a play on no, words. Really. It's no, well, it's not. Allegedly, he kind of pitched it to because because R.L. Stein's writing process, allegedly, if you believe him, is essentially that he kind of like <laughs> comes up with a title or comes up with a concept, then like you know fleshes it out. And obviously, all these books are very formulaic. They're like three or four coming out every year, yeah. at least, at least. Um, mm-hmm. And he claims to. I really use ghost writers. I, I'm dubious about that just because of the sheer quantity of them that have come out. But uh, I am too. But because not a- only was he writing Goosebumps, he was writing Fear Street and he was yes. writing his point horror books. So yeah. it wasn't like he was only focused on like one series yeah, at a time. Exactly. And the yeah. co creator of Eureka's Castle, the Nickelodeon show. Oh, yeah, he was too. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I learned so much Don't- about him today. <laughs> and, Don't and sleep on that type one. with two fingers. <laughs> Really? That's my dad types the same way because he didn't like learn, so he can do it really fast. Yeah. Well, R.L. R.L. Stein's in that boomer age group. He's like seventy odd or yeah. something now. Like, yeah, so. But he should have learned like typewriter typing at least. Men didn't take type. Can I say something? Men didn't take typing classes. Women did. Mm. Women were the secretaries, not men. Mm, so that's true. Good point. That's why men had to chicken peck. Do you think that R.L. Stein? Uh, dictates these to his wife, and she took. Going, <laughs> like, Go yeah. like a like Kermit, was it Tolstoy's wife like, who did okay. that? Okay, and then Bird went squawk, squawk, squawk. <laughs> I, I f- was it was it a Tolstoy's wife who did that? Who would take diction for him and like write type out his books, or maybe it was Jack London. It was someone's wife hmm. who would was, was basically in charge of, one of those typing. It was Do- one of those. Dostoevsky was completely illiterate, <laughs> and his true. wife had to actually do it all. I, I, Notes from underground, all hers. I wonder how Tolstoy's wife would have gone, like you know, or anyone for that matter, if he was dictating like the kingdom of God is within you to them or something like that, like this sort of key anarchist text. <laughs> and like imagine being the the sort of uh, secretary for that one, I guess. <laughs> but. I, th- um, I think um, it's yeah, also so- the Unabomber's uh, girlfriend. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> what if the Unabomber had a, a partner? Hey, even Hitler had a girlfriend. That's so. true. Yeah. The Unabomber had a roommate that people don't talk about much. <laughs> Larry. <laughs> he was just kind of there. Well, yeah, but allegedly Stein this title to Scholastic because he thought it sounded so stupid and they were kind of like <laughs> they were kind of like yeah yeah okay and then um then old mate Tim Jacobus I think it was who did the covers uh he went away drew the cover and they came back and said this cover is amazing uh but it's not actually like happens in the book so he had to Stein had to go back and refit that dream sequence that yeah, like the dream two sequence paragraphs that or something like. yeah what uh can you describe what your cover looks like in the uh, version? Yeah, oh uh, um so I've got the one this cover was first done for two thousand and nine reissue apparently. But it's mm-hmm. it's been touched up with stuff to tie in with Spump's movie and there's some yeah. extra content in the back. And rather than the, the super cool kind of like slime um 
uh, logo that they used to use. This one is like white and gooey and frankly just looks like um, someone's been having their way with the cover and landed in that pattern. Yes. Like, yeah, so. The font is jism. You can say it. Yeah. It, it's, Blake just said yeah. it for you. <laughs> so uh, uh, the, the, yeah. the painting itself is not so bad, Like, but the, the graphic design around it is just horrible. Yeah. yeah. So, the yeah. fonts are bad and it has this like, the the movie tie in at the top with like a a picture of the dummy slappy but it doesn't look like the dummy from the movie no no it, it, nor does it really look like the old book cover either it looks like yeah, yeah. it's just who is that so like if you told a kid to draw slappy from memory or something like that you know. <laughs> but i i suspect too like the I, I don't know why like i feel like a lot of the old cover art would still fly so i don't really know why they changed it yeah i don't understand either so People love that stuff. Huh? Yeah. Well, I bought a, uh, when I was trying to find this book, I was looking for it with the original cover art. And to find that, like I was on Amazon and eBay and um, thrift books, and they all wanted way more than I was willing to pay for it. Yes. And then I found on Amazon, they had reissued in conjunction with the movie, a the first five books with the original cover art in a collectible Goosebumps tin for 20 bucks. So That's a bargain. There you go. Mm. Yeah, it was. I felt very lucky that day. So now I might read some Monster Blood later. It's a very, okay, a very handsome collectible tin. <laughs> I've seen it. The yeah. the haunted collectible tin, no doubt. Like, no, actually, right. I don't want to give him any more book ideas for free because that'll, you know. <laughs> the haunted <laughs> tin. Yeah, the haunted tin. Like. The haunted collectible tin. Look at it right, Blake. It is it is cursed. Uh, well, do you, Have we even started talking about the book? Well, I guess not, but I guess we should. I, I would say the vibe is very, like, Stephen King for kids, and I'm sure I'm not the first person to draw that comparison. I'm sure R.L. Stein would, like, cream himself if he heard you say that. Like, he'd be like, oh, Stephen King for kids, huh? Well, is that a picture of R.L. Stein hanging out with Jimmy Carter? That's R.L. Stein and Stephen King meeting. Oh, okay, and, sorry. Uh they they met for the first time in 2015, I believe. What? It took that long? And oh my god! He said, "I'm the Stephen King for kids." Oh my god! Of course, uh, I'm the Stephen King for kids. But it wasn't until 2015 that Bob and Stephen finally met in an award ceremony. They introduced their wives and spoke to each other about the writing. King joked that he was upset that Bob had already written many of the best themes. Don't humor him, Stephen. Uh, and Bob later did. I'm a real Stephen King admirer. Step uh, Pet Cemetery is the all-time creepiest. <laughs> well, if you took out all the kind of like um, hand jobs and sex scene from Pet Cemetery, it pretty much would be a Goosebumps book, actually. Like, yeah, because yeah. it has well. Also, the traumatizing meningitis stuff. Oh, stuff yeah, yeah. That's actually, it, yeah. that was probably more scary than the actual premise of the book yeah. was describing the sister who had viral meningitis. I think. Yeah. I think if if Pet Cemetery was an Arl Stein book, it would be called The Cat Came Back. <laughs> and there would be there'd be no dead kids in it, but there'd be lots of zombie animals. Because he yeah, never yeah. if in Goosebumps he never he never has people die, right? Uh that's not true. Mm, not someone not dies at the end. Mighty of the died. Yeah. Oh wait. The, the, this, I would say, I would say the stakes are kind of low, like much lower mm -hmm. than like a Stephen King yeah. book. Yeah, but they felt unusually lower than low, Fear Street, even in this one. Yeah, 
I saw the episode and Spidey did not die. What is the darkest Goosebumps book? Oh, okay, okay. So I need to run this past you guys, right? So this was a this was a story that we always used to have about Goosebumps books when I was a little kid. I don't know if this is an urban myth or if there's any basis to it, but I want to know if you guys had heard this, right? So okay. remember they used to have the of um, indented cover so that you could actually feel the goosebumps on the logo. Yeah. 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 So yep. our theory as kids was that the ones with heaps of goosebumps on the, the that were much more dense and, you know, bumpy and so on, uh, tended to be the funnier or sillier ones and not as scary, whereas the ones with less on there tended to be like the ones that were much scarier. Now, in reality, it was probably just different print runs or production or something like that, <laughs> yeah. but that was the kind of theory, and it, it matched up surprisingly well, I recall. Like, Monster Blood was quite bumpy, whereas, the, like, the werewolf of whatever lake, um, you know, <laughs> had very few bumps on it. That was one of the creepier ones, so, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I was, wasn't even aware that there were different levels of bumpiness. <laughs> so we didn't have that. This that, has no. no bumps. I was going to oh, ask if the no. new... I, see, I don't, that, that's again, I, I'm not familiar with... I wasn't familiar with Goosebumps, other than I do know they have that kind of embossed cover. Mm. But my favorite all-time one of those, and this is completely tasteless, this is a true crime book called Driven to Kill about a woman who ran over a man and killed him. And it had driving tracks that were bumpy on the cover that you could run your fingers over. Oh, no. <laughs> and this is, again, a real murder that happened. I think every every true crime book should have either embossed or die-cut covers. I feel like Anne Rule books have the... Maybe her name is embossed uh, I think I think you're ones. right. I I feel like, like maybe, old ones might be. yeah, maybe there's some blood spatters that are embossed or something like that on one of them. Like, yeah, that, yeah, that sounds yeah. that sounds very on brand for Andrew. There's a, I, I mean, there's a little die cut window is, with is, a dead child in it. Is, is the eight page centerfold layout of dead bodies and uh, blood not enough for you people? You also need to be titillated by the cover where you can just run your hands over like the the scene of the crime, true crime, the Creepiest genre of any genre. It's the uh, it's the my favorite murder of books. <laughs> Good job, Blake. Yeah, take them down a peg. Yeah. I don't I don't care who hears this. Well, you All right. you come for the come for the queens. You'd best not miss. You know. <laughs> and uh, hey, you know what they say about me? I don't miss. <laughs> right, Josh? That's, uh, they say that about. We're not me? only coming for R.L. Stein today. We're also coming oh. for. <laughs> for the- Oh, well, we're coming for the king of children's horror. We're and coming then, for Ryan Gosling and, later. And judging by the reissue of the book, someone's been coming all over that too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love that that level of humor is where we've taken this. I love it. All right. Is everyone good on drinks? We need a drink refill before we dive into we the We haven't plot. even started this book. Let's get into it. Sorry. You're almost done. I'm having my Someone, first martini of the evening. That is, We're drinking our evening water. That is waters. absolutely not your first martini of the evening. Like, <laughs> yes, it is. I swear, this He's is, a lightweight. It is. I know, oh, right, a lightweight. Okay. You are a lightweight. Uh, your first just, bunch of olives, though. I feel like you <laughs> no, have I, 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 I eaten, olives. Had those. I've eaten eight olives at this point. All right. I'm, I'm just going to grab a cheeky can of Jim Beam and Coke. I'll be back in a second. There he is. Spidey. Those long legs, he does look like a spider. 
and just as creepy. All right, I guess we'll just dive in. Wait, wait, hold on. Wait. wait. Nice. (laughs) Not grip it and rip it. Wait, Josh, did you say you had a question? I do. Okay. Uh, Do any the Slappy or any R.L. Stein characters have catchphrases? I never liked Slappy, so I couldn't tell you. I don't remember, to be honest. Slappy's catchphrase is, who you calling a dummy? I'll kill (laughs) you. Yeah. I'm the the Slappy, baby. (laughs) Did you say I'm the Slappy bitch? No, I'm the slappy baby. Like, I'm the joker baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the slappy sl- broke up with me. <laughs> I'm the slappy baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. And and I think he says something about living in a society, too, but I'm not, slappy, I'm not 100% Slappy that is one. constantly <laughs> saying that when you live in a society, he says, yeah. can you do me a favor when I go out there, can you call me slappy? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I want the Snyder cut of Goosebumps. <laughs> and there was there was that other mascot too, Curly the Skeleton. So I'm not sure if he actually was just like a merchandising thing or actually appeared in any of the books. That's weird. Yeah, he was the skeleton with the um, sunglasses, and I think he actually <laughs> has like he has like pink hair or something like that. I, yeah, if, just, if you, no, just, I know who you're talking about. I was checking my shirt to see shirt. if he was on. He's it. not on your shirt. I don't. Mm. I don't think he was from a book. But I know yeah, you're I think he was about. just like yeah, yeah. He was just like a mascot, I think. Yeah. Speaking of um, fake movies that are oh man, this guy looks cool. Speaking of movies that <laughs> are entirely amazing. made up, can we start a campaign to um, release the Todd Phillips cut of Joker? <laughs> I I feel like it would be so. I still haven't seen Joker, but I, I feel know. like it. Yeah, I feel like the Todd Phillips cut, having seen The Hangover and so on, would be maybe more um, <clears throat> problematic, shall we say? Like, but I mean, I assume what I feel like Joker problematic enough as it. <laughs> I I didn't I didn't see it either, but I assume what was released was already the Todd Phillips cut. But I think it would be funny to start a Twitter campaign to release the Todd Phillips cut, just like out of spite. Yeah. See, my favorite conspiracy theory for a while was the Sonic the Hedgehog one. That, um, like they actually always had the good design in the in the rafters, and they, <laughs> yeah. But I don't, I don't think that's actually true. Like, but it was my favorite kind of low stakes conspiracy theory for a while there. I I can't wait for the Knuckles cut. I hear that they're going, <laughs> they're going to release a, a a better version of the movie where they put back in all the Knuckles footage that they cut out. Yeah, yeah, that would be good. That would be good. And Tails dies. Like, that would be good. Tails dies painfully. (laughs) Knuckles actually murders him. The last time I went to a theater and saw a movie, I went to the Alamo and saw Portrait of a Lady on Fire. And You saw that after we saw Freddy B. No, I meant by myself. And I'm counting Portrait of His Lady on Fire as the last movie I saw in the theater, not Freddy V. Jason. The last movie we saw in the theater was (laughs) Freddy V. Jason and Don't Ever Say Otherwise. Uh, me and Adam and Practical Jokers, the movie. <laughs> <laughs> we went out on top. You really did, you guys. You went. You I, did. You the, won. The whole, the whole time through this quarantine, I've only watched one movie somehow. And um, it's very disappointing that I haven't watched more because the last movie I actually watched was Sallow. So, oh, God. Um, yeah. And like, I really need to watch something else to kind of like... Cleanse that palate. Uh, and cleanse my eyes. Yeah. The best one, so just go out on top. Yeah, imagine that R.L. Stein's Sallow. 
I had the 120 <laughs> days of Sodom. I mean, like, and there was kid, a very a, spooky, a kid, a kid friendly version. Characters just having fun together. I cutting out <laughs> the dummy's tongue. I suggest you, my suggestion for your next movie is Caligula. Actually, that's on the to watch list because it's just come on streaming over here. So yeah, and I haven't seen that one yet. Though I hear it's pretty all like horrific. I should say, yeah, yeah, it is maybe more enjoyable than Solo, but that's not saying much. Anyway, yeah, yeah, lots of movies more. Well, in the last movie I watched before Solo was Cannibal Holocaust for another podcast that was guesting on. So good grief. it's 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 not been a good run. It's not been a good no, run. No, just a bad months, time. So. Mm. We watched Rob Zombie's Halloween last night, oh but we'll talk God. about that. We'll uh, talk about that later. I need a whole. I watched yeah. the TV series Club movie last night. No, okay, that, we'll okay, talk about good. this later. Let's do the book stuff, and then I do want to. Yeah. I want to talk for before ninety get, minutes before about. Before I get Ball. too drunk and yeah. uh, don't know what the hell I'm that talking about good. anymore, let's yeah. let's do the actual podcast stuff. So, chapter so, one. Chapter one. Say cheese and die. Goosebumps number four. Here we go. So we got some kids. They're bored. They live in Pitts Landing, which. Is the pits according pits to them? Pits landing. Pits landing. Again, that's that's that R.L. Stein that humor, humor that jovial jovial Bob Stein humor. It's coming right up. Um, they decide that I think they just start taking a walk, right? And they all just start. The, there's three boys and a girl, three guys, a girl, and a pizza place. It's something <laughs> like that, right? So um, Sherry is the female character in this. And I think basically the only one other than moms. Am I right? I, in the show, I, yes. Th- there's, there's some girls at the birthday party, but, but I they're don't not remember named. any this of them book, getting names or This book does not, test, it does not pass the Bechdel test. It, no. it doesn't. It does uh, not. Do you no. think Carol Stein has ever passed the Bechdel test? <laughs> in, in what I'm going to guess is 9,000 books. <laughs> maybe maybe is- in a Fear Street he did. Because a lot of those had female protagonists, and a lot of them did have names, and they did talk to each other about stuff mm-hmm. other than boys. But they only sometimes homework. There, Maybe Monster Blood is the woman. There are a few Goosebumps books with female protagonists there are. as there well. Are. There are. So, yeah, but they're, they're, they're usually yeah. just talking about male ghosts, so it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't quite yeah. pass. It's true. Um, so Sherry um, starts kind of walking and they all start doing a follow the leader thing and they somehow end up at this place called the Kaufman house, which is this old dilapidated home. Um, and there have been a lot of stories about this home. It's there's ghost stories. It's ghastly murders, all kinds of rumors. And one of the friends, Michael, he suggests that they should explore the Kaufman house. But Greg is kind of freaked out because it's rumored that the town derelict Spidey, lives there um he's a drifter he's been seen hanging out around the kaufman house i think someone has something to say about spidey okay where does the name come from because uh okay so i have some thoughts about this like and it troubled me as soon as i started reading the book now i think this is australian slang rather than um american or rather than universal or even american slang um, but rock spider in Australia is slang for a kitty fiddler. So now, what is kitty fiddler slang? You're going to need to break that. Give you slang. Okay. Describe slang. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So, so okay. So rock spider is slang for a pedophile. And um, there we go. 
Yeah, and that is troubling to open a kid's book and within a few pages <laughs> hear about this sus-lurking character called Spidey. <laughs> because my and, and I'm sure it doesn't have the same impact over there, but my first thought was, oh no, oh no. But of course, it's a goosebumps book, so <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not good. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm like, this is going some dark places, yeah. but obviously being goosebumps book, it's not. It's not going to go that path. I mean, it's literally Freddy Krueger, though. Right. Yeah. Well, I once saw uh, about a year ago. I saw um, Kane Hodder, who played Jason in a few movies, doing a presentation, and he finished the talk by saying, "Jason is the best slasher villain because he's not a pedophile like Freddy." <laughs> and then yeah, sort of, Michael's like, not a pedophile. Uh, well, and then he sort of mic dropped and like wa- got up and walked off. Like, so it was, yeah, it was strange. Yeah. Can I say that? But I- the people in line were like, "I have some questions." Hellraiser has never touched a child. <laughs> no, the, the, the Hellraiser panel was like the next day, I think. Oh, yeah, so. okay. okay. <laughs> was- I do I do want to interject and just say that I've never been a fan of Freddy because of the pedophile aspect. And if you tell people, oh, I don't like Freddy that much, people get offended because they're like, oh, but he's mm, so funny. Mm. And I'm like, he's a pedophile. He's not, when he's, did he drop that? He's not like, funny. After the movie? I th- it's just kind of, you just kind of know because I think... In the very first movie, they just kind of allude to it, to the fact mm-hmm. that he would lure children down to like the the boiler room in the it's school. Clear, though. Huh? They it's I, not, they never explicitly spell it out. I don't and, think. And they, then in the re, then in the remake, spelled it out, and they said Freddy's Freddy's a, a kitty fiddler, and I was like, oh, yeah, you probably didn't. Yeah, he's a he's but a, even he's even, a even if he's not okay, yeah, even if he's not a kitty fiddler, he's still praying and killing children. Before, oh yeah, yeah. He, uh, bef- yeah. I mean, okay, okay. With that, but mm. there's an honor to just murdering them. You know what I mean? Like as right, a, as a murderer. right, right, right. Yeah. But the other thing is, uh, takes you to a level of unforgivability. Like if you're just right. killing. Yeah, killing. And you're a killer. Okay. Killing's just, fine. Just uh, <laughs> in the sh- in the TV show, they start off calling him Spider, and then. By the end, they're calling him Spidey, so it's like they can't make up make up his mind. Yeah, I mean, I think I think they they he's he looks like a spider, like okay. he's he's always in mm. black and well, like skinny and long limbed and and kind of creepy looking. Yeah, they're like, oh, he's got long legs like a spider. Maybe even moves. Or, or he's popping out of dark corners and <laughs> yeah. stuff like that. And, and uh, I mean, here's what the text says: Spidey was a weird looking man of fifty or fifty or sixty. Oh, big big jump. Uh, and he was working about town. He dressed entirely in black and mm-hmm. crept along, crept along on long, slender legs. He looked like a black spider, so the kids mm-hmm. called him Spike. Just like the friend who looks like a bird, they call Bird. This book is very <laughs> literal. Literally, R.L. Stein is in his office. He sees a spider. It's in. <laughs> he looks at the window. He sees a bird. Boom! Like these books write themselves. You think he writes these? Of course, he writes these. He has no imagination. He just turns them out. Can, can I say what spider looks like in the TV show? Blake and I talked about this. Okay, I, say, I like said a, it first, and Blake like, agreed. He looks like Al McCoy from Hardware. Okay. I don't remember who yeah. that was. We said he looked I think like he looked like the guy from Twin Peaks who slams Bob. his head in the evil Bob. evil Bob. Bob? Yeah. Oh, Bob. Yeah, he okay. does look like he, Bob. He has the, he's okay. the like he has the long scraggly yeah. gray hair uh-huh. of Bob. But to me, he looks like a tall Paul Rubens. And is, a, is and Paul, Paul Rubens wearing black steampunk goggles and long gray yeah. scraggly hair and mm-hmm. a long black trench coat. Yeah, I can see that. That's pretty but, much but it. M- 
my my first thought was just Carl McCoy from um, Fields of the Nephilim, and then he dresses pretty much the same way in hardware. Yeah. Like, yeah, so he's got he he always wears the big goggles, and he's got the like the semi cowboy hat and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, so it's a- yeah, I don't know what the goggles were all about, but anyway, continue. Well, look, he's a mad scientist. Oh, okay, yeah, I get it. Like, I get it. Yeah. We all wear goggles, and that's what you. We understand someone's a mad scientist if they're wearing goggles and they have a lab coat. Well, he needed does he needed some beakers. These are universal symbols of mad scientists. It's true. It it's does true. reaffirm my thoughts that like steampunk sucks. Like I have to say, <laughs> like you know, he's he, he's like a really shitty steampunk cosplayer or something too. Right. Like the- well, I mean that's just how the the uh, the showrunners saw him. You know, I mean, <laughs> we don't know. In Stein's, in Stein's characterization, he was just a creepy, skinny old man, right? Mm, mm, right. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So after, is steampunk over? Huh? What? Is steampunk over? No. 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 Hell. No. It well, okay. Right. The good, the good literature is over, but the conventions where people glue gears to top hats are far from over. <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah. one of those things that's here to stay in some segment of the population, mm-hmm. like Ska. Yes. 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 But they, yeah, yeah. Li- it, just like in Ska, they did away with everything good about it and only kept the dog shit. So I went to Weta Workshop a couple of years ago. We were in New Zealand with my mum, and we're like, well, we're in New Zealand. We'd better go do the Lord of the Rings tour. Did you right? see Gollum? This, this, um, I saw a few people that looked like him. Like, <laughs> uh, you, know, to, <laughs> you saw Andy Circus? He uh, was there. <laughs> no, like you get off the tour bus, and like I was wearing some horror movie T-shirt, and the the tour guide's like, "Oh, you know, choice. Oh, do you uh, do you, do you like steampunk at all?" And I said, "No, I think steampunk sucks. It's awful." <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, mate, you're not going to go well here. They all love steampunk." And like, it turned out later, this guy was some special effects artist. So I'm just like, now I look like a real asshole. But you know, yeah, I stood by my convictions. So <laughs> all the sheep herders love steampunk. <laughs> no, the special effects artists are wetter. I'm, what I said was probably a slur, and I am sorry to the people of New, Eng- of New Zealand. <laughs> or yeah. New England. Or whatever. New England. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry to New England. No, I'm not sorry to New England. Fucking Boston pieces of shit. All right. <laughs> All right. My family is in Boston, so I take that as <laughs> Do a Boston accent, Josh. Ah, uh, it's wicked. It's wicked hard. It's wicked hard. <laughs> it's not bad. It's not. That's you, you not see, that different. You see, from the, your... you see the Bruins this season. What a bunch of assholes! That's not that different from your regular. The bug at the bug is the best at Wahlberg. I can't do it. I'm <laughs> I'm Mark Wahlberg. I'm trying to park my car in the yeah. in the in the place where you park the car. I can't do accents at all, so I'm not even going to try. So back to the book. <laughs> Hey, producer Blake here. I uh, seem to have lost some of the audio. Sorry about that. Skype is a nightmare, and I am so done with coronavirus. Uh, back to your show. The thing about that, we talked about this before, and I was writing them down for every chapter. They mostly all have cliffhangers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The oh, yeah, yeah. Horrible. Yeah. It's always like, a chill ran down my spine and there was something shaking at the door. Bird, open the door! <laughs> you know, like, chapter ends and Bird opens the door. Like, yeah. every chapter has that. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. I saw something spooky out of the corner of my eye. Oh, I was my brother's heavy metal poster. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, after, the, after his friend 
friends ridicule him and call him chicken and do Arrested Development chicken dances. Um, he agrees to go search the Kaufman house. They go. Um, they end up down in the basement after a cliffhanger because someone screams, oh, God, he's got me. This was, once again, a cliffhanger. Um the, rock, the, the rock spider, he's got me. And that's when they explore the basement, and it looks like someone lives there. There's a makeshift bed. There are empty Hungry Man dinner boxes. Hungry Man dinner. Does yep. it really say Hungry Man? Yes. Excellent. Yeah. Book sponsored by Hunger. They find a wardrobe full of clothes, which these kids just start putting these old, gross clothes on. Not even they thinking. They find bottoms. Yep. There's tossing did on. You notice, did you notice that Chari puts a pimp hat on? She puts a what on? Pimp hat on, a, a pimp, uh, pimp hat, like pimp a, hat. Yeah, did well, they say so, pimp hat in the book and I missed it? What are they? Called? No, they don't spell it out there. It's it's a purple hat with a wide brim, and oh, she yeah. puts oh, it on. Oh, says, okay. and she says, "I look bad." We all know exactly. I was like, okay, I was like, come on, guys. So, yeah, that's know. kind of that's almost kind of funny for Stein. Yeah, well, he is pretty funny. So, um, Greg. I can't remember exactly how the compartment opens. Maybe one of you guys do, but he discovers th- a secret compartment. Kind of, yeah. He bumps into it, I think, and then like he he's feeling around or something like that, and then like accidentally presses a hidden spring or something like that. Yeah, yeah. and opens a compartment, and inside is a camera. Um, turns out Greg is a camera guy. Loves cameras. Never seen a camera like this one before. Mm. Nor has this interest in cameras ever been mentioned up till this point either. Like, you no. know, there, does, there's a no foreshadowing or anything like that. Yeah. Does it describe the look of the camera in detail? It does in one chapter where they kind of try to break it open, but I think it doesn't look like any normal camera that they've ever seen. I have to talk about the TV show prop design on this this camera. It looks like a Battlestar Galactica 2005 spaceship. <laughs> Or, or just a Cylon's head. Or it something is like that, actually it? Yeah. bigger than like a normal it's Polaroid in, camera. It's Polaroid enormous. cameras yeah. are big and clunky anyway. Not the yeah. newer ones. Not like the cute little like. But I have to Etsy, stress Etsy ready ones. Yeah. yeah, the prop in this show looks nothing like a camera, and they grab this alien looking thing and they're like, "Oh, a camera, cool." There's no way you'd know that was a camera. I think one of the friends goes, no. "Oh, it looks like a toaster." Yeah. On the TV show. It's funny that they say toaster because that's a slur for Cylon. Is it really? If, well, oh, bat- it is too, isn't battle, it? Yeah, Battlestar heads, no. Yeah. Like, uh, it's just a, what do they say? A fracking a- toaster. Fracking toaster. Yeah. Would that hold up if I watch it again? Would I still think yeah, it was good? It's still good. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> he pulls it out and his friend is mugging on these stairs and says, hey, Take a picture of me. Number one, I want to say, in this book and in the TV show, I have never seen so many people who request to have their picture taken. And like, demand to see that picture now, 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 now. At least. It's, I, it's like I they've mean, never seen a camera before. It, mm. may, I mean, may I theorize, was, Instagram culture did not start this. Because at least six times just in the show, people go, oh, take a picture of me. As soon as they see the camera. And also, how do they know it's a freaking camera? At least on the show. Because it doesn't look like a camera. If I saw someone carrying that, I would say, what the hell are you carrying? Because it does not look like a camera that I've ever seen. What, what I, I, see, say, I see you're off to the steampunk convention. <laughs> exactly. It looks like some weird accessory. <laughs> what I'll say is, as a kid, I was very excited when we got a Polaroid camera. And we did want our pictures taken. We did want to look at it. 
So yeah, I, I get that, but I, I don't know. Like this, this book was written in the early nineties. Like film was expensive. You still had to go and get shit developed at the at the yeah. MS or anything. Like you know. But it's pol- mm. it's Polaroid style. Or wait, in the book is it Polaroid yes, style? It, okay. it's an automatic. Yeah, yeah, it it is, automatically yeah. comes mm. out like in a Polaroid. Yeah, which is funny to think, like in the early nineties, that would have been like an antiquated piece of technology too. Right. You know, I don't. I think I got my very own Polaroid camera in the nineties, though. Like I think grandparents got it me for Christmas. So and oh, it really? wasn't and it wasn't like one of those like hipster throwback gifts you know what i mean where kids now yeah, are like yeah. i love cassettes and you're just like you're urban stupid out, a, you know like an urban outfitters exclusive Please. yeah yeah it's not I like do, that i i do remember the spy schools having their own polaroid camera <laughs> and and that kind of for me personally like mm-hmm. uh, i can't speak for for other people mm-hmm. and me kind of being like wow polaroids they still make those things kind of thing and yeah. then like yeah, yeah, but but I don't know. Maybe they they just been a thing. Maybe maybe this is we, just. Uh, I use my Polaroid camera though, like until like the mid aughts, and I'm not even kidding. Like my friend, she, she did. I've seen <laughs> I've seen the Polaroids. My friend and I lived together, and uh, one of my first roommates post college. And whenever people would come over, we had a wall of Polaroids, and we would make them pose for a picture, and we would oh, have yeah, them. Yeah, they yeah. would write something under it, and we'd hang it up on our wall. So we just had a wall covered in Polaroids. Anyway. And they would say, check out my sick juggling skills. <laughs> so back to the friend mugging for Wait, the camera. One, one thing we'll talk about Polaroids, and then we'll get back to the book. Okay. When I worked at Book Castle, one time in a book, we found a Polaroid of a, it was like from the 70s. It was a naked woman, com- like completely naked, but she had a blanket over her face put backwards so you can only see the bottom of her body or clearly like her boyfriend or husband and like, let me take a nude picture with this, this Polaroid camera. That's kind of horrifying. Like, okay. Yeah, that's that's like serial killer stuff. That's like, like you know. The, but at least she was smart enough to say, I'm covering my face. But it's so much spookier that way. It is spooky and creepy, but, you know. I don't. I don't like it. She wasn't letting herself get out there. You know what I mean? Like she was still. Oh yeah, yeah. She was yeah. still protecting no, no, I, her identity. I, I I understand it. Just yeah. thinking about it out of context, you kind of go like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that sounds like a prop in a. Uh, you know, was she? Can I ask a question? Was she at least? Was she at least posed in a sexy position, or did she look? That's like why was... all of my porn looks like this. <laughs> Josh is putting like a scarf over his head. But was she? Was she at least posed in a sexy position, or Josh. did she look like she was a, a victim, like captured, like fear for her life? Um, I I don't know. I found the whole thing creepy, but mm-hmm. she, she looked like she was into it. Okay. Be be honest. What that wagon do? She was sitting on the couch. I couldn't see. Oh, all right. That's all I care about. Yeah, okay. So, um... <laughs> like, you got the question, what that wagon do? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll keep it in and double it. How about that? <laughs> anyway, so the friend, Michael, is mugging on the stairs, and Greg, the camera guy, mm. um, he takes a Ryan picture Gosling. of Michael. That's right. This, this picture of Ryan Gosling. Um, he takes a picture of Michael, and what does Michael say when he says say cheese? Cheddar, baby. A very R.L. Stein joke. Like that is so Watermelon. funny. He said say cheese, and this kid, he's so edgy, he said cheddar. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I'd never so, stop laughing. Um and wait, wait, here's the line I like. The response from Bird, the group funny guy, 
said, very funny. Michael's a riot, Bird said sarcastically. <laughs> Can't let another guy... You let another guy do a little joke. Can you, Bird? Nope. So the railing on the stairs breaks away, and Michael falls, and he hurts himself, but then they hear footsteps above them, and they're all concerned that it's Spidey, so they try to make an exit as quickly as possible um, with Michael, who is wounded. So when they get outside, um, I think they make a fat joke, because Michael is described as kind of chubby. Oh, good. um, Because he... um, Whenever he falls, he doesn't really hurt himself. He just kind of hurts his foot... And someone says, "Lucky you've got all that extra padding." Ha 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 ha. In the in the show, he well, it's not a fat thing, but he literally falls on like a mattress, so there's like no danger there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So they all look at Greg's picture of Michael, and it captured Michael in midair as he fell, or as he fell, sorry, through the broken railing to as the floor. As he fails. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fail. It's a fail camera. It only captures epic fails. But uh, Greg's pretty sure that the photo was taken before he fell. and But everyone else was like, nah, it's an action shot. You took it as he fell. An so, action shot. So they all part and go separate ways. Greg gets home, and guess what's parked outside his house? Anyone? Anyone? Bro- a, a very spooky new car. <laughs> it's not spooky. It's sick as hell. It's a 1992 a Toyota Corolla, and it's badass. No, you're wrong. It's a four-tourist station wagon, Blake. Sorry. Why do they act like, in the show, they act like it's this hot number? They do in the book, too! Yeah. But it's because, not! Because because the show's obviously set in Canada, and that was very exciting yeah. novel for them in 1992. I will yeah. tell you that when yeah. my mom, my mom never had a new car until I was, like, in sixth grade, and she brought home a bright red four-door Toyota Tercel. Oh. This thing? Whew. It had the whip. <laughs> it was a, it was a standard transmission. It had the manual windows and locks. Pussy magnet. It had a cassette player. Let me tell you, I'm... that was the first new car we ever had, and my sister and I were freaking amazed because we always had just piece of crap cars that my mom lugged us around in that were so ugly and so embarrassing. But my mom bought this to sell. And at the time, you could actually do things like get standard transmission so your car was quite a bit cheaper. Now, I don't think mm. that's really an option anymore for most cars. It, we were kind of the same. I, I think the first new car we had was probably about 96, 97, something mm-hmm. like that. And it was like a Corolla station wagon. I, I'm looking at pictures of Ford Tauruses from 92 now. <laughs> and i got to say... Like, even allowing for, like, time, not always being kind to car designs and things like that. Like, uh-huh. it's it, it's fine, but I'm not kind of blown away by it. Uh-huh. Like, they seem they do seem disproportionately excited about it. Yeah. Like, if they just kind of said, like, it's awesome Dad got a new car, I'd be like, yeah, okay. But they're like, oh, my God, you know, it's just like, yeah. They're but, freaking out over the car. Mm. I, I don't know if this is in yeah, the book, yeah. but in the show, when they take it for a ride, the mom literally says... I love a car with a bit of muscle. And this is the farthest yeah. thing from a muscle a cor- car you can cor- imagine. Yeah, this is no, absolutely not yeah. a muscle car. Like, Fast, uh, Fast and Furious uh, mm-hmm. 11. Yeah. Uh, Vin Diesel just like rolls rolls up in his 92 Ford Taurus station yeah. wagon. <laughs> so- <laughs> but he still he still blows everyone away. Yeah. Like he dri- he drifts. He drifts yeah. in it. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I get the new car excitement, just maybe not the level of excitement, I guess. They're so, a little yeah. too excited. I didn't have that level as a kid, but we did get a one of those disgustingly, like the uh, brown panel on the side, 
station wagons. <laughs> I love those, and, so don't even. Yeah, but I was like, this is a this is cool. This is better than the last thing we had. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was excited. Yeah. About it. We not have- to the level like this kid's been pumped for weeks. Yeah, my dream car is actually, and if it weren't so um, hard to find, well, they're not hard to find. I think they would just be expensive to do upkeep on. And they're not gas friendly, but I love Jeep Wagoneers, and they're the the Jeeps mm. with the wood paneling. Like I love them. That, and yeah. is it is it just coincidence that that is the vehicle that uh, Jack Black's R.L. Stein drives in the Goosebumps? I movie? literally, when we went and saw that movie, and he was driving a Wagoneer, I got very excited because I love those things. My grandparents I, had pretty, one when I was a kid, so I have fond memories of Wagoneer. I'm pretty pretty sure I used to have like a micro machines toy of one of these things <laughs> when I was younger. Like, yeah. They're beautiful. Look, every kid yeah, they had a model Wagoneer. <laughs> So. I've never had an ideal car. I don't care about cars or mm-hmm. it's, I'm just not a car guy. I just want somewhere to transport me to places I need to be. Mm-hmm. That's it. My okay. dream car is the Batmobile. So. Okay. <laughs> sounds, like, sounds like Blake's dream car too. So. I'm going to ride the dream car on your Batmobile. So Greg, who is so excited to see the new Fort Taurus station wagon, gets out his camera that he stole. And he takes a photo and then he hides the camera because he doesn't want his parents to see it and ask questions about where he got it and puts it in a secret compartment in his headboard. Now, this camera is huge in the in the TV show. It is huge. What headboard is that big? Okay, I I saw the same thing too. They had a shelf on it. Uh huh. But he said it's a secret compartment. It's not like it's not just like a headboard with a bookshelf. I mean, it has Even to be. a regular Polaroid camera. Like, yeah. they, they weren't small. Like, Definitely not. <laughs> you know, the, so, and. Uh, bit of a pothole there, Mr. Stein. Yeah. Like, mm, mm. So, when he looks at the photo of the car, the car is totaled. And at dinner that night, when his mom is serving veal, which. Has, any, has hey, anyone ever had veal for dinner? That's the real horror, if you ask me. <laughs> um, maybe when I was a little kid. Uh, I don't eat meat these days. So, um, it'll be a long time. I don't think we ever had veal. It seems like that's expensive, I've ne- right? I've, ne- I've never had it as far as I know. Is veal expensive? Probably. Well, I guess I guess they've got a new car. Like some some families do okay. that. They're like We're maybe they're celebrating. celebrating. Yeah. yeah, these okay. are these are some swells. They've got a <laughs> yeah. lot of money. Yeah, yeah. The, these people are definitely like upper it's, middle class. It's like, definitely yeah. kind of like when my mom graduated from college and my grandparents took us out for dinner because my mom graduated a little bit older. She was a non traditional mm. student. And for dinner, they took us to Red Lobster. And Hell my yeah. grandpa told me I could pick any lobster I wanted. And I was Holy five. Shit. And I was like, I was like, get that feisty one out the tank. I was like, I can't do this, actually. <laughs> and then you became a vegetarian immediately. <laughs> That's not what happened, but. That, that is a lot of power to hand to a five year old. Like it is. I, I've been to the I've been to the Red Lobster in Times Square of all Ooh. places. And, and, Fancy. Uh, it, it, and it, <laughs> it's like so I ate some leggy green M and M's. So yeah. I, and I will say, like, it is overwhelming, even as someone who doesn't eat meat or fish. I was, and, like, knowing, like, chain restaurants and this, that, and the other. But it was still like, ooh, ooh, you know. Like, yeah, Honestly, I feel five-year-old <laughs> Jessica probably just stuffed herself on Cheddar Bay biscuits. And I mean, that's okay. And they are good. For. They are yeah. very good, yeah. But yeah. did you try the Times Square Applebee's? Because that's where it's really at. I've been to a Brooklyn Applebee's. Ooh, I've heard the, nice. I've heard those that's are hit. More authentic Applebee's, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that's and like was, real was, Brooklyn. Um, 
It was minus 14 that night, and I stayed Oof. there drinking beers for several hours just because I didn't want to walk back to my hotel. So it was the, uh, the Applebee's. Yeah. The Applebee's bar late at night is a particular kind of sadness. <laughs> yeah, it Wait. was pretty grim. The, the waitress was really nice. Yeah, you know, she was probably. Yeah, yeah. Josh, was it Applebee's or Ruby Tuesday where you and me and Blake went and got Blotto to write Saved by the Bell fan fiction? <laughs> Which one was it? I think it was Applebee's. I think it's Applebee's. Okay. I will say, I have had some experiences on the the north side Applebee's by the old Northbound Mall. Yes, okay. I think that's where we went. Yeah, that's okay. the one. That's Makes the one. All those like one dollar like apple 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 teenies or whatever teeny. it is. Yep. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. Great yeah, stuff. That'll do it. Yep. The um the signature cocktail when I was there this this was like January last year it was um this kind of blue I guess it must have been blue curaco or something like that but okay. essentially it was kind of like a blue cocktail style to like with foam on the top so it was kind of like waves on the water and then there was like a gummy shark that was sitting on top of it <laughs> and they're like try it try our like gummy shark cocktail and I was like. I know this place is like has a reputation, but this seems like yeah. <laughs> but I, I didn't I didn't try it, and I wish I had in hindsight. Like, well, I think I was. Just, yeah. Maybe your next okay. year's trip can come so to Springfield. I, I was looking this up because oh, I was pretty sure it existed, but look at the cat. Say, sorry, the I missed drink called on this. Uh, in October, they have a one dollar one dollar vampire, and it's like mm-hmm. a purple. And it's served with a cherry and vampire fangs, and it's just like a like a little cocktail. What the fuck? Well, I'm excited is about it? October. Applebee's yeah, new one dollar vampires immersed from its coffin to charm neighborhood drink of the month fans <laughs> tropical flavor. Run to Applebee's before it's too late. Oh my god! <laughs> I wrote the copy for this in addition to everything else you've been yeah, writing. Exactly. Yeah. Oh god. Okay. Oh, Oh, okay. Did I already say that he looked at the picture and the car was total? Yes, he did. Okay, cool. Please, yeah, cool. please keep going. Okay. And, and he just he just hidden it in the headboard. Yes. Okay. So they have Ville for dinner, and then Dad announces, hey, we're going to go on a drive in our new Ford Taurus station wagon, and Greg tries to get out of it. He's very unsuccessful. He tries to fake sick. Yeah. And then he tries to act like he has homework, but it's Saturday night, so no one will believe that he's at home <laughs> doing homework. What kind of nerd? His mom says, you've been dying for this new wagon to come. <laughs> I, I've, Good I, mom voice. I, I know what it's like to be dying for a wagon. There you go. <laughs> Na- nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. So they drive and they're taking the car out for the family drive. Mom is very excited about drink holder. Dad is just... Dad is hot running around. Going Dad. 40, 50, 60, 70, what? 80 miles per Wait, hour. Really? Dad watched uh, Tokyo yeah. Drift last night, and he's like, I'm going to be just like just like Han. Exactly. Dad has absolutely been sinking a few cheeky cause lights at dinner as well. So, uh, yeah, Dad has to be drunk. He has Dad, to be drunk. He, well, he's, he's on top of the world. Dad like, can't yeah. find the headlight switch. It's getting dark. He's like, where's the headlight switch? And that, trying <laughs> to find it causes him to swerve in the next lane, which maybe they're super excited because their previous car was made in like 1950 when your headlight switches were still on the floor. And you had to hit it with your foot. Oh. So maybe that's why okay, dad that, was so confused that, and why the family was so excited. 
that part makes a lot more sense to me yeah. now because yeah. I remember thinking, like, what moron doesn't know where the uh, the light? There is a. <laughs> I've never heard of a foot headlight switch. But... They older cars had foot headlight switches. My dad had this old piece of shit truck that he took me out driving in. And I remember it was getting dark. Dad's like, turn on the headlights. And I immediately started looking. I was like, wait, there's nothing on the wheel. And he's, Do, like, he's like, it's on the floor. You hit it with your foot. Depress the headlight pedal. Oh, thanks. Yeah. You know what I forget is in my car? Anytime I have like a breakdown or tire goes out, I instantly forget where my emergency lights are. Every time. I know. I panic. A- I panic. That like, used where to, are they? That used to be my car. And there's a very clear red triangle button in the center of... The dash. I know where it is. I know where it is now, Blake. In this moment, I know I'm exactly. I'm still learning the hard way. <laughs> when I need like, them, I can't find them. That's but the this problem. is happening in every car I've ever had, where in my life I've probably broken down 20 times or had a tire go out or something, and I just instantly panic, and it happens every time. Yeah. Can I tell it. you what the worst vehicles of all time are? What? The vehicles that the U.S. Postal Service currently still use. It's like it's like driving around a Flintstones car. So your feet are out and you're running. It's just everything about it is horrible. There's no joke here. But I bet the UPS, I bet the UPS trucks give you them run for the money. The UPS trucks are like a Rolls Royce compared to the no United door, States. no door. Yeah. I would, I the doors just get in your way. I I hate opening and closing the door all goddamn day. Doors are for fucking poses. That's right? true. Yeah. Doors are for pussies. All right. C- continue. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. So uh, dad uh, almost uh, hits a semi head on because he swerves on the next lane, but they uh, luckily move out of the way just in time. Mm. <laughs> um, so they go back home and Greg decides to test the camera. So he takes a picture of his brother and he brother's like, hey, where'd you get this camera? And he's like, mm. Take a picture of me, because that's what everyone does when they see yep. this damn yes. camera. And then Sherry, he's on that Sherry loaned him the camera. So he takes a picture, and his brother makes a silly face, and he's like, I'll let you know if it turns out because the camera's broken. So I, I don't know if it'll turn out. Um, the photo that comes out is of his brother, who is outside in front of a familiar house that Greg thinks is across the street from the playground, and the brother looks frightened. He's not making a goofy face, like the face he posed for. And that's when he decides the camera is broken. Yes, and this is where I wrote in my notes, all caps, doofus. Because every time something goes wrong, he's like, oh, the camera must be broken. Yeah. All of these anomalies mean the camera's broken. Sorry, no kid is this stupid. No. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I figured like, these kids would have seen like at least an episode of Unsolved Mysteries <laughs> or something like that. Like The timing time frame's about right. Like They must be very know, sheltered. Or- they're yeah, not talking about Robert like, Stack yeah. at all. Like, <laughs> no, I know, but you would see. I don't know. You might kind of go, "Hey, maybe is this camera haunted?" Like, we, you know, like I was never a kid who was big into ghosts or anything, yeah. but certainly we'd like hear a weird noise and you'd be like, "Ha!" Huh, yeah. something look, like that. Look, like, Occam's know. Occam's Razor. This camera's haunted. <laughs> yeah, or demonically possessed or something. But like, here's the thing: know. the camera obviously works because it is taking pictures. If the, yeah. if, if the picture came out and it was just all black, or or maybe they were in their pose, but like 
you know, they had like weird auras or something. Maybe you could say, okay, the camera's broken. It's doing someone's face weird. is green. Someone's face is purple. Exactly. My, but yeah, these yeah. are totally different positions My and whole. they're in different <laughs> locations than where you took the picture. You, you've taken a picture and now one of your friends is burning in hell and he's dead. My whole family turned into skeletons. I think there's something wrong with my iPhone. <laughs> but I mean, but that's kind of the thing, and it makes and it really contributes to that whole like low stakes feel of the novel. Like you never really feel like anyone's in danger or anything like that. Like you know, and and granted, it's a kids' book. I don't expect it to be like a thrill a minute or anything. Yeah. But you do kind um, of go like murder a minute. You know, rather rather than kind of contemplating what this could mean or having the characters discuss what this could mean, he's like, oh, it must be broken. Oh, you know, yeah. yeah. So. Uh... <laughs> It, it always just comes back to the kids don't even contemplate other alternatives beyond like, I guess it's busted and throws it back over his shoulder or whatever. Yeah. Like, and he uh, doesn't throw it away. Like, he still takes it around. Like, for example, in the next scene, we flash forward a couple days. They're going to Bird's Little League game. And hmm. he brings the camera and he and Sherry are fighting over the camera. Even though they're they're all convinced this camera's broken, they're all still fighting over it. Um, you know, like if if he's the if he's the camera kid, like you know, he's a bit like like we've all met the camera kid, you know, like mm-hmm. so of, the of, of course, he, of course, yeah, of course, he's carrying it around, you know, yeah, like, yeah. that's true. Yeah. So, and I, and I think what he's trying to do is suggest that the camera itself, like, influences your influences behavior, your behavior exactly. So, like for example, when when he brings the camera to the little league game, he, he and Sherry and Bird all fight over it. And a photo mm. is accidentally accidentally is taken of Bird. And when the photo mm. develops, it shows Bird laying down on the ground with like his neck or I'm sorry, with his he's unconscious on the ground, his mouth is twisted open, his neck is bent at a frightening angle, and his eyes are shut tight. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of implied like he's gonna die of a busted neck or something like yeah, that. Something I- something bad's gonna happen to Bird. So while Bird starts playing the game or warming up or whatever, Sherry and Greg study the camera. They can't find a film counter or even where the film will load. They can't remove the lens. They can't find the brand of the camera. They can't open the camera. <laughs> it just says Sony on the bottom. There's <laughs> <laughs> Murder Inc. on the bottom. <laughs> so um, that's when they look up and they see Bird in the exact same pose as the picture. But guess what? It's a prank. Um, oh, Bird, that, that zany prankster that he is. Like, yeah. Yeah. So they decide to stay and make fun of Bird while he plays game, and he hits he hits the pitch. I'm sorry, I'm trying to think of baseball terms. He goes to the baseball pitch. <laughs> he hits a ground rule double. There and we it, go. And it's a he real... hits a grounder, he gets to first, but as he runs, he throws off his batting helmet. Big mistake, because the next batter who comes up Whenever he hits the ball, it flies right to Bird, and it hits him in the head, and he falls, just like the picture predicted. Mm. And that's not a prank that's, this time, That's kids. no prank. Nope. Uh, he's, uh, I think what was disappointing was that he didn't actually die. Because like, <laughs> Bird, to me, was easily the most annoying character. And, like, again, like, what's the... What the camera that did something very spooky and took a very spooky photo, but then there were no real long term consequences of that very spooky photo. Like, yeah, well, it, even it, the yeah. the photo of the brother, there's nothing bad that happened to the brother. 
we find mm. this out because the brother shows up on the baseball field where they're all gathered around Bird to make sure, you know, checking mm. on him. Brother shows up. Guess what? He has the frightened look on his face and he is in front of the house or whatever that the photo was taken of him. And mm. he's there to deliver the news that their dad was in a wreck in the brand new station wagon. Car was totaled. Mm. Can I can I quickly say I would have liked the book if it was named what Tom said a second ago. The camera did something very spooky. Josh, <laughs> I I almost just made that exact same joke. That would have been. I was going to say that would have been a better title. The kind of spooky camera. The camera. I mean, that's a pretty consistent title with a lot of R.L. Stein's titles. And to be fair, fair, Stephen King, too, like, you know, who I like, but, like, you know, the, uh, you you know, the very, the very spooky meteorite that I found and had aliens in it or something like that. (laughs) Which which is the Tommy, the Tommy knockers, like, you know. (laughs) The haunted vagina. Uh, I think that R.L. Stein and, uh, Stephen King should swap one right under the other one's name. So Stephen King, <laughs> uh, Stephen King's writing a like goosebumps about like a psychotic Christian child who is like <laughs> yeah, but, but I don't feel like R.L. Stein has like five hundred plus page tome in him. You know, like and <laughs> yeah. he, he can't do and, it. And even he's within gonna, the confines of like. In, He's going to turn in seven different novels together as one. He's like, I can do, I can do little ones. I can do a lot of little ones. I can't do one big one. Look, Nine Living Dummy One, Nine Living Dummy Two, Nine Living Dummy Three. And even, even within the confines of like a hundred and thirty odd pages, whatever, whatever this was, I, I feel like Stephen King would still churn out a very disappointing ending. Like, you know. Like, <laughs> Well, I mean, RL, he could just do what RL does and have a very disappointing ending. But in his version of Goosebumps, all of the kids would fuck in the end. Uh, well, Ooh, yeah. cut my, throw cut, back to it. Cut my mic. Uh, yeah. Cut my yeah. mic off. So at the hospital, dad is okay to some broken bones, but the car is completely totaled. Um, Greg tries to tell no, no, not the not the station wagon. My wagoneer. I think one of the questions is, hey, will we get a new car? And Dad's like, I think we got to call insurance. But yeah, we'll get a new car. No one's we'll, like... We'll yeah, because the dad's like, I'll call. And the mom's like, you can barely move right now. I think I'll be calling. I think everyone laughs. Yeah. The next think, car is a Dodge Charger, baby. <laughs> a car I, with real muscle. And I think, like, uh, I, again, I appreciate this is a book marketed at, like, you know, 10, <laughs> 10 and under. But no, tear this thing to shreds. <laughs> there, there, could, there could even be, like, he could have inserted some ambiguity here. Like, you imply the dad has a drinking problem or something like that. And yes. then, like, what, what really caused the accident, you know, like, was it the, the, the camera that did something very spooky? Yeah. Or was it the dad's, like, known functioning alcoholism? The, dad. like, the dad's very spooky, spooky <laughs> yeah, problem. But instead, it's a very... Spookiest problem of all. Dad has been hiding vodka. <laughs> That's yeah, Stephen dad, King. Dad's very yeah. spooky water bottle. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every time he comes to my baseball game and keeps drinking out of a Powerade uh, that da- came half full and it's now much fuller. He starts <laughs> spookily shouting at the umpires. It what? reminds me of um. There's uh 
I don't know if you guys have ever seen Halloween 4 and 5, but a young girl is the main star of them. Her name's Danielle Harris. And she yeah, was yeah, talking yeah. about later on, I think she was being interviewed later on, and she was talking <laughs> about her interaction with Donald Pleasance, who plays Dr. Oh, Loomis. Oh, was like a notorious lush. Yeah, and, but she didn't know. And she said, as a little girl, I didn't know what that smell was. But as an adult, I know now it was like bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> she just thought his breath was bad. <laughs> I... So... I do remember going to one um, particular family friend's house as a kid, and uh, granted, we were often there for special occasions like birthdays or Christmas or something like that. Um, so, but I didn't realize till many years later that the smell we could always smell there was just like red and white wine, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, red and, and white. I, I, and like I said, we were always there for like. Celebration, so perhaps that's not so strange. No, but as, yeah. as a little kid, I didn't make that connection. Like yeah. <laughs> when I was speaking of like spooky water bottles, I remember when I was a, like in high school, there was a we had a class called keyboarding. Um, it was not computers. It was not. It we was had literally that. We called had keyboarding. And so it was a typing lesson. It was or typing lesson. It was maybe yeah, Beacon. Yeah. Ours was Mrs. Waterman, and everyone she always had a water bottle. And she, More this, like Mrs. Vodkaman, right? Yeah, that's what everyone thought. Vodka is Russian for water. Everyone swore that she just put vodka in this water bottle every day and was as drunk as shit teaching us how to type. Wouldn't you be? Getting our w- home row correct. But Wouldn't you be drunk? If you had to teach keyboarding to a bunch of shitty high schoolers every day, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, did one day she just lose it and get really angry, and she's like, it's not fucking vodka, it's gin or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> gin, gin smells too much. That's the problem. Yeah. It's, it's harder That's to true, get away with gin. I think a kid in my class even went up and took a drink of the water bottle when she like went out in the hall. <laughs> and that kid got fucked. Yeah. <laughs> that kid and that kid, Steve Jobs. <laughs> <laughs> we all should have done it. We all should have done it. Um, we we had I had some friends. Um, so a lot of people are into a lot of quite a few of my friends are into home brewing, um, but not all of them get into it when they're sixteen or seventeen. You know, like um, legal drinking age over here is eighteen. But, you know, again, like home brewing at 16 or 17 would be pretty advanced, especially <laughs> making your own spirits and so on, not yeah. just beer. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, we had one guy show up to school with a two liter Coke bottle full of beer one day. <laughs> 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 and he was kind of like, all right, boys, we're going down to the Oval. And there, there was this, uh, I imagine your schools had it too. There was, there's always like a smokers section at the, at the playground, like where all the, all the no, kids go and smoke. I don't think like, so. The playground? You couldn't get away with smoking on our playground. You had to seriously hide your smoking at our schools. Like oh, you, you could yeah. not. I'm trying to think. I know when I was in there, junior there high, of... there was a, a church across the street and kids would run to that church like on their breaks or before school. And they would smoke behind that church and then come back to the campus. But I'm trying to think think in high school what we did. I think there are a lot of blind eyes being Mm -hmm. turned by some of the teachers. You know, like cigarette kids having a couple of darts wasn't like the worst thing they were going to do all day, you know? So anyway, my friends disappeared down that part of the school, came back to – came back to class after lunch and then uh, proceeded to tell us how drunk they weren't. Um, <laughs> right. 
right in front of the teacher and uh yeah it was it was uh you know I, uh, they did that a couple of times but you know it I'm wasn't to think yeah. if i ever drank in school like while i was in school i know I there were times in college no i, I didn't either, i think i was probably high yeah. at school but definitely not oh great. i was I don't want to say because in case people from work listen to this podcast, but there were definitely occasions where I showed up to school high. I showed up to jazz band high, and that was a that was a pretty fun night. I will tell you that it really really sucked. Like it was the dumbest decision to do that because I remember at one point, like my friend and I would skip first period because we had second period together, and we would drive around and smoke weed in our car. And then we would come to school and we, I mean, come on, we're trapped in a tiny car, like a Ford probe, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's going um, to leave some uh, trace evidence. We had to have smelled horrible because we were also chain smoking like Marlboro lights. Right. And so we would go inside and I remember I would always write, she would write car broke down and I would write ride was late on our admit slips. And then we would go into our class, our second period class, and we'd have to present our our um, admit slips to our teacher. And then we would sit down. And I remember at one point we were reading Julius Caesar, and I was reading the part of Brutus, and because I was one of the kids who was like a strong reader, you know. Mm-hmm. And and so and of course Shakespeare, you always read out loud, even in high school, you know. And yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember just sitting there like so blitzed, and like there would just be this silence. And I would look around and realize, oh, shit, I'm supposed to be reading right now. <laughs> I would be, like, so lost because I would just, like, space out like an idiot. And anyway, we were, we... Uh, 15-year-old Jessica was very stupid but had a lot uh, of fun. I, I was more tame in high school. I, I didn't really uh, drink at all till I was kind of in my early 20s or, or anything like that. But um, we just used to do dumb stuff. Like we spent a month reading Macbeth in Scottish accents and, and things like that. <laughs> you did the fun. accents for it? Yeah. Well, it's just, it's set in Scotland, you know. So I mean, so everybody reads it, but yeah, yeah. I was Lady yeah. Macbeth when we had to read that. So. Wow. Out, out, damn spot, you know. I can't. Yeah. I'm, I'm married to Florence Pugh over here. <laughs> but, but that's, I, that, that's how wild we were, like doing zane, doing like vaguely silly stuff in the middle of class. Yeah. <laughs> I was hardcore yeah. straight edge in high school, but now as an adult, I read "Say Cheese and Die" in Scottish accent, <laughs> as RL intended. That's exactly yes. right. He said. Uh, it's, I it's, read all of "Who Is RL Stein," but I'm reading it out loud to myself. It's, it's implied. It's they never explicitly say, but it's implied. It all happens on the Isle of Skye. So that. that so, so. So easy to drive, Mr. Bag said, accelerating the, onto the entry lamp on the freeway. Handles like a small car, not like a station wagon, you know? Like, <laughs> oh, I, it's nice. I love groundskeeper Willie. That's good. <laughs> so, I guess, sorry for the segue, y'all. Um, that was not a segue, <laughs> that was the tangent, but go ahead. So, uh, Bird, he's okay, guys. He's oh, fine. He's, oh, he's not dead? Yeah. So Sherry's mm. birthday is coming up, and she demands that Greg bring that broken camera to her birthday. And they Greg, love this camera, this fucking camera. So mm. Greg is still has come to the conclusion he's not sure if the camera predicts the future or if it causes the accidents. Like what? What's going on? And then Greg has the dream, which is the book cover, which Tom already said was later inserted by R.L. Stein because the book art had been created. Correct. 
I'm sure it was like a drastic rewrite for him to have to do, <laughs> and definitely not just something that like look i i work in magazine publishing like the, the people make such a big deal about like oh, i had to do this last minute rewrite and blah 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 and it's like yeah sometimes it's annoying but it's like 10 minutes out of your day to insert that like two paragraphs you know it's not like yeah it, it it's not some heroic thing that rl stein did he had to do a dream sequence <laughs> yeah i is um Scottish dream sequence. Yeah. But remember, he can only type with two fingers. So uh, oh, That's well. true. It yeah. probably did take him two days. Yeah, yeah. I hate dream sequences in horror. That's just a pet peeve of mine. Am I am I alone in this? Because I hate dream sequences in everything, but specifically horror. Well, oh, okay. okay. Well, you, don't, you, you don't want to read my book then. Cause, uh... <laughs> well, it, anything where it eliminates any kind of stake. Well, like I'm fine with it. Like I like the Sopranos episode. It's a dream sequence because yeah, there's kind of psychological thing. I haven't. Yeah, seen that. that's that's like you know Jungian symbolism and things like that, and him uncovering deeper truths about himself and, and so on, as opposed to like yeah. removing the stakes. Yeah, I, I don't want I don't want fake out. Well, I think the thing you know what I mean is Stein does it a lot in the hackiest ways. But what, so in in horror in general. When you're already doing supernatural spooky things, why do you need a fake out to happen in a dream? Because I'm... you have to meet a page number requirement. Um, no, no mm. but also so you can make the worst possible thing happen. That's true. Without Excuse actually me. hurting you can, anyone. You can hack up bodies in the horror movies. You can hack up the teen girl who's going to live, but you can also see her murdered and her head chopped off. And then really, not really. I'm... I'm referring to everyone's favorite horror director, Ari Aster. Oh, no. I'll... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I like him. I don't care reading. for it. I don't care for I it. I know you don't. You're a baby, though. Look, I prefer an Eggers over Dream him, so sequences. Whatever. Oh, wait. I will not discuss Ari Aster with these two. I forgot. Dream sequences are cheap. I'm sorry. Go ahead. All right. So it's Sherry's birthday party. And she demands that Greg take her picture, and she wants everyone to get their picture taken. But thankfully, Greg takes a couple snaps of her, but guess what? She's not even She's, in the picture. What? That is a there, little bit wait, too spooky. There's, like, at least, there's at least a skeleton, right? Look at Josh. He is fucking freaking out. <laughs> oh. Josh is tripping balls. <laughs> He's scared. I don't know if he'll be able to sleep tonight, so... This is freaking us out, but it's just the so she's just gone that she was posing by. But Sherry is not in the picture, and she's like, "Um, hey, a hole, you cropped me out, retake it." <laughs> and he's like, "No, the picture's right here, the tree where you were leaning. You're just not in the picture." Anyway, yeah. everyone ignores everything and ignores him, and they go out in the woods to play kissing games. Um, kissing games. I, I will say we skipped we skipped one line where someone yelled. Hey, bird, go lay an egg. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) They roasted him. (laughs) Will he recover? I doubt it. I doubt it. Is it Michael or Bird who is really good at all these girly games? One of them is... I think it's Michael who likes them, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think so. They they took this out of the show. I mean, the show was like 20 minutes long. Yeah. 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 And someone from IMDb had a complaint about that, and we'll talk about it in a minute. (laughs) They they would, too. Like, I really. Wayne Gosling should have had his tongue down Cherry's mouth. (laughs) I want to see that that spin the bottle sequence. Dang it. (laughs) 
I can. It was interesting to see Ryan Gosling be arguably a better actor at like fifteen than he was now. But you know, that's that's another discussion. Hot, like, hottest take. Yeah, a hot, a hot take. Piping. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Josh's favorite film is La La Land. <sighs> so that they, that oh. is slander. That is, <laughs> it is a crime. So uh, they go out and play games like Spin the Bottle and Truth or Dare, and Sherry's mom calls them all to eat cake, and they all head up there to cut the birthday cake and and, and watch Sherry open her gifts, but Sherry doesn't make it to the cutting of the cake. Sherry has completely disappeared and no one can find her. Uh, okay, so I will say that this part, uh, I wouldn't say any of the book was frightening per mm-hmm. se, but this was probably the one that troubled me the most. <laughs> Um, just uh, just thinking about it from a real world perspective, people do just go missing. Oh and, yeah, and, and, you know, like, and then she reappears. Like, well, I, d- I don't want to jump ahead. But it's like it's Gone Girl IRL. Well, <laughs> when she, when she no, yeah, it's it, it's the most. Have you read or seen Gone Girl, Blake? Or are you just saying I have seen Gone Girl being gone. I did make him Gone go Girl. see it in the theater. I've seen it. Yes, I I only watched it because of the original score. This, this, it's a Trent Reznor Atticus was... Finch score. So. Atticus, uh, Atticus no, Ross. But then, oh, sorry, Atticus not, Ross. Not, not, not the Atticus Finch. Finch. Not the lawyer from <laughs> To Kill a Mockingbird. Sorry, it's not, uh, yeah, it's not the Southern lawyer from To Kill a Mockingbird. Jesus. No, I see what you're doing mm-hmm. because you're thinking David Fincher. Yes, yeah. I totally. It's, and, it's a Fincher film. Yeah. And you had Atticus. Yeah. See, I was thinking Atticus Skate Brands, but you know what? <laughs> Okay. Um, but yeah, th- this this was the part that probably uh, disturbed is the wrong word, but like it was the certainly the most plausible and most horrifying thing that could happen with like the girl disappearing and then just reappearing with no memory a few days later. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a one thing that happens, but two, I think the 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 kind of in the genre of true crime, which I don't really like, but I do like. <laughs> The, the things that are the creepiest are when someone just goes missing. There's no, there's never an answer for it. Let's you talk know about I mean? the like, three the, missing Springfield women. The Springfield I mean, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But like any kind of unsolved, well, they're just gone and we don't know what happened. Can't find their body, no trace. We don't know where Jimmy Hop is. Just kidding, we do. We know who killed them. No money, uh, no credit just, card traces, no phone calls, just nothing. Any, any kind of thing where someone has gone missing and just no one knows. Gone, forever. baby, gone. Again, Blake, gone baby, gone. We know because we've read and seen that. Uh, I doubt you. I saw the book cover. Okay. Anyway. Well, there is a conclusion, but yeah. So that part is kind of creepy as far as this book can go. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Within the con- within the context of the book, if right? she showed <laughs> back up, in, in, well, in the in the TV show, she just kind of appears. Later, like five seconds later, yeah, five seconds later, yeah, and, and it's like and I don't know so where I was. In the book, yeah. you have she's several like, chapters. That she's, she's fine. There. She's yeah. fine, and she's mm-hmm. like, I don't know where I was. It would have been better if she showed up covered in blood, but that's just my note. Okay. But but we don't know. We don't know where she she went. She just stopped existing. I yeah. guess. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. exactly what happened. I think. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. So. The cops come and they look for Sherry and Officer Riddick questions Officer Greg. Officer Riddick, by the way. And it is, Riddick. It, played from played, by, played yeah. by Scott Speedman in the TV adaptation as well. 
<laughs> and the the female oh, the cop. female detective is in Shit's Creek. Yes. So another Canadian. Oh yes, yeah. Because it's right. all yeah, Canadian it's actors. Yeah, I looked up. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't think of anything. Karen Robinson is her name. Yeah, I IRL. like her. She's yes. Great. Um. So Greg tries to explain the camera. It doesn't really make sense, and no one really believes him. And she seems kind of wary and suspicious of Greg. And he goes back home. Finally, they live across the street from each other. Is that right? In the book? Uh, next door, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. It's next door across the street. Yeah. yeah. Um. So he goes back home, and no one is there because his mom is at the hospital with his dad, and his brother is at the after-school job, and he goes to room, and his room has been torn apart. Someone has just come in, ransacked his room, searching for something, and he thinks it's Spidey, and Spidey wants his camera back. So... Um, Greg cleans up the room and then calls Bird and wants him and Michael to meet him by the baseball diamond. I don't know why he doesn't just like do a three-way call and explain the situation instead of meeting in person. And Is that a thing in 1992? I, I honestly don't know. I don't. A lot of people didn't have that at that time. So I had three-way calling in the 90s. Um, my mom paid extra for it. See, so that way she could talk to my aunt and my grandmother. Most people, I don't think did. Um, but you could do three-way calling. I mean, the technology was available, and these kids are driving brand new. Well, their parents are driving brand new Ford Taurus station They're wagons, riding so around sure town could. in this flashy but station. Maybe, can't... maybe they didn't have it in on the Isle of Sky where this book is. Maybe, set. maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's so. probably totally right. So, um, he tells them that he wants to put the camera back where he found it at the Kaufman house, and he wants Michael and Bird to come with him. Michael suggests just throwing the camera away, but Greg doesn't want anyone else to find it. And Bird suggests just leaving it somewhere where Spidey can find it. And they no one's ever heard of a rock that yeah. they could yeah. use. Did they not try a sledgehammer? Like I don't know. So, so well, I don't. I think he wants Spidey to leave him alone, and the only way he can think of is to actually return the camera. If he just breaks it apart in pieces, will Spidey believe him when he tells him that? Mm. You know. So we're back at the playground. Um, where they're debating over what to do with the camera, and then they fight over the camera, and it accidentally takes Greg's picture when they're fighting over it. That's when the two local bullies show up. Joey Ferris and Mickey Ward come to the playground. They're both wearing heavy metal t-shirts. Oh Tom, God. do you have any thoughts? Um, it, it's such a bully cliche, isn't it? Like, But it, it's never one that's rung very true for me. Like it, at my school, the, the bully type kids were always wearing, I don't know, two pack or something like that. <laughs> Abercrombie or, um, and Fitch. Um, not so much. We don't really have those kind of preps. Oh. Over, well, at least not where I went to school, but mm-hmm. yeah, I know the, I know the kind you mean. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, also like, I think it was just, it just speaks to the time like, or, I don't know. They were Nirvana fans as well. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I think it speaks to it, what it, adults perceive. Did it not? Mm. Did he not say specifically what band they were? No, in? just heavy metal just, T-shirts. No, that is so. Do, do, you, lazy. do you think? Can you imagine R.L. Stein like actually listening to metal? Like you know. Oh you, no. You, you just picture R.L. Stein like with his two fingers being like a napalm death. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Atomic yeah, kitten or. Chainsaw kittens. Chainsaw kittens. Yeah, I can't imagine him actually like sitting down and like saying, listening to Rust in Peace or the Master (laughs) Puppets. No way. No way. He he puts on Slayer, but he has headphones and has to hold them like. 
three feet away from his head and goes, eh. <laughs> I, I'm picturing him uh, trying to say that there were some punk bullies, but just Googling punk and saying, uh, the mean bullies in the bikini kill in good Charlotte shirt. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what was it? Weren't you watching that the other night, the day my kid went punk or something? Yes, yes. yes. Yeah, and I was like, the day the day my kid told me he went punk, but actually he was listening to Good Child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I felt like honestly, was, his look was more new wave than punk, but I'm not going to get into his it. His look was like no, Bowie, like, and he didn't really have any kind of like the movie. He plays obviously, like an acoustic worth. ballad to kids. Like yeah, he's yeah, so yeah. not punk. His his band was no, he's, he's folk rocky. punk. He's folk punk. <laughs> his band was definitely his band was definitely rocky. They had like an Elvis Costello y They were like a bar band. Yeah. Kind of. The yeah. day my kid went Ziggy Stardust is yeah. <laughs> the day the day my uh, my kid uh, was in a Elvis Costello uh, tribute band. It's like not as menacing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, I will say the movie the ultimate point it was trying to make wasn't that bad mm-hmm. or like a, a an after, an after school, school special, special. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I think the message was maybe these parents should talk to their kids and figure out why they like this stuff mm-hmm. I actually wasn't offended by the movie which I thought I might be the, also the kid was the fucking brother the, he was supposed yeah. to Mm-hmm. I, I was going to say, like, is it kind of like the parents listening to Deep Purple and Black Sabbath and the, the kid comes home and he's like, man, Elvis Costello rocks. And it's like, <laughs> you don't know what rocks, kid. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, there, there is a scene where when they're at a panel, because the mom's a psychologist. Mm-hmm. and Of course, uh, yes. Yeah, so. They're mm-hmm. like, but you guys were hippies. You believed in free love. And they're like, that's much different. You guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and. It's like, well, shut up. You you guys are now all uh, bankers and uh, you're Wall all Street you're bankers. all landlords. You guys all <laughs> so voted for fucking Reagan. Kiss my <laughs> yeah, ass. Yeah. yeah, yeah, No, but they all did sell out. So yeah, yeah. Uh, they can all uh, do me a favor and shut the fuck up. But you know what? So did the punks that we thought were so cool. So whatever. They, they always they always do though. Like not all, always, of them. not all. Yeah, not all of them. Like Joe Biafra is still angry about right. everything. Right. Like, now Johnny Rotten turned know. out great. He's, Johnny Rotten he's, is fine. He's still, well, Johnny Rotten was all, always a reactionary. He never had yeah. any kind of, like they were just about offending people. They were the edge lord. Yeah, uh, they really were uh, like the trollers of their day. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. they. didn't. Joe Strummer never turned into an asshole. You know what I mean? Right. Well, he like, died before he could. He no, also, he was holy shit. Joe Strummer had an IQ above eighty, which That's is true. Which is not, which is what Johnny Rotten didn't have going for him. So no, was, Johnny Rotten's not even like a stupid guy. He's just like he's like Morrissey. He also has that British disease. Uh, Br- Mar- British Morrissey brain disease. Is, yeah, yeah the, the, Morrissey's yeah. a reactionary Mar- asshole too. Morrissey, but, but I think he and, always was. Like I, th- I yeah. don't think he was always necessarily this like hard right racist guy, but I think he was always kind of a chode. Like you know, people yes. people have been talking for years about how like difficult and what an artiste Morrissey is, and then they turned around and was like all the music magazines like NME turned around. And they went, what? Morrissey's an awful person. And so like you've literally been reporting on how he's an awful yeah. person in various ways for 30 years. Yeah. Do you think you might have perhaps played a part in enabling that? Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> but there's not that much introspection over at NME, I don't think. No. Yeah. 
Mm. Notice right side. Wait, you're saying New Musical Express? Yeah, yeah. Wait, old punks that are good? No, I, I, Ian McKay's good. Jello. I don't know. Good I made a face at Ian McKay because I don't like right. I, I don't really. You're on fine. Henry Rollins like, is fine, yeah. But I don't think Ian, Ian McKay was, like, Ian McKay has kind of said himself, he's like, look, we didn't drink beer. It didn't mean that, like, no one was ever allowed to have a beer. Like, yeah, he was never, like, <laughs> fascist about it. It was just, like, a thing he was into. Todd Berry always tells a really funny joke about Ian McKay, but I can't remember right now, and I'm not going to quote it verbatim. <laughs> okay. I just think he seems like an I, asshole. I, but not not politically, maybe, but just... I. I I don't know if you know or not, but Henry Rollins and Ian McKay are best friends. And like, if you ever go see Henry Rollins, he'll tell you about that at great length. And I don't yeah, know if you know or not, but, but, but D- DC Punk was the most important punk that ever, ever happened. And like, there wasn't really anything important before that. And there wasn't really anything important <laughs> after that. Like, you know, that's that's what I'm led to believe. Like, and you can see Henry Rollins talk about it in every music documentary ever in front of his record collection. Yeah. <laughs> For yeah, an hour. If, yeah. <laughs> if he walked in here now, like I'm sure he'd lecture us all ad infinitum about it. <laughs> okay. Mm. Here's my, oh, hold on, you can cut the like uh I went to see him with my friend Aubrey uh like twelve years ago, fifteen, I don't know, twenty years ago. And she asked for a picture of Henry pretending to choke her and maybe with a Polaroid camera and he said, I will never pretend to choke a woman. King. Well, that's King. Then I went up there for my picture, and he pretended to choke me. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Awesome. Okay. So, oh my god. Okay, so the bullies start the gr- to the playground. They're in their heavy metal t-shirts. They take Greg's camera, and immediately, Joey's like, hey, take my picture. Um, <laughs> Again, everyone wants a damn picture with this thing. Good. I need it for the gram. <laughs> So, uh, Greg manages to snatch... I'm wearing my best Steph Leopard shirt. (laughs) I'm hanging tough, guys. Uh, Greg manages to snatch the camera away, and they run home, and then he looks at his picture. And in the picture, it is him and Sherry together, and it is described as they were both staring straight ahead, their eyes wide, their mouths open, their expressions frozen in horror as a large shadow covered them both. By this point, Sherry's been missing for two days, and Greg is convinced that the camera has made her disappear, but knows that no one will believe him, and Michael and Bird will not help Greg return the camera to the house. So, but Greg is also kind of torn because he wants to keep the camera for proof, and so he starts studying the pictures that he took at Sherry's party and then rips them out, rips them up out of frustration, and two hours later, he gets a phone call. And it is Sherry. Sherry. What? I know, right? So Sherry is at home. She doesn't know where she was at. She tells him that it was just very weird. And he wonders if Sherry returned because he ripped up those pictures. It was that easy, huh? Just ripping up the pictures undoes everything the bad camera does. (laughs) So, okay, so I wrote in my notes about twenty times reading this. Rip up the picture. Rip up. The yeah, picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not, not to like get into potholes and so on because I think that's like uh, unfair in this instance. But like, I was surprised that like he didn't try ripping up because he still has his other pictures, right? Of like the car being all stuffed up mm-hmm. and this, that, and the other. Like, did he ever try ripping them up and like see if the car magically restored mm-hmm. itself or something like that? You know. <laughs> 
He didn't experiment enough with his dad's body pictures. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 All of a sudden his dad's like, Oh, the surgeon said my arm's all better. Like they've never seen anything like it. You know, the hospital bills have disappeared. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) so Greg meets up with Sherry. They decide to meet up and he shows in the picture that he had taken or that was accidentally taken of him that included her. And that's when a black shadow appears and it is Spidey and Spidey is chasing them. And somehow their next door neighbor, Jerry Norman stops Spidey. (laughs) And that's when Sherry agrees to help Greg return the camera. So they decide to go back to the Kaufman house to um, return the camera. And they're checking out the house to make sure that Spidey isn't there. And they decide it's all clear and go inside. And they head to the basement to put the camera back where they found it. And that's when Spidey appears. And he is slowly approaching them. And they tell him, hey, uh, we put the camera back. Everything's okay. And that's when they see his face up closer the first time. And he is very, very old. Much Mm -hmm. older, I think, than they had expected him to be. And he checks for the camera in the hiding place, and that's where he finds it. And Greg says, oh, yeah, we used the camera, but I think it's broken. And that's when Spidey tells them that it's not broken. It's evil. This this is like the um, James Bond villain scene kind yeah. of thing, where he sort of explains everything in huge detail. Yes. Like, And in the TV show, this is where the actor playing Spidey really goes for the Emmy. <laughs> And yeah. I, I had a soundbite that would have been really great, but they're like, "He's going to insert it right here." I'll insert it right here later. It's when they ask whether he invented the camera, and he—it's pure Oscar bait, mm-hmm. Emmy bait. Emmy, I'm sorry. No, I, right. I, 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 no, they're actually going to override it. Yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> okay. Go ahead, give him the egot. Gets the Golden Globe this, and somehow gets a Tony, so it's insane. This. Best performance in a subpar children's adaptation of a successful series. <laughs> it's, one, it's one of the Oscars that they do on a commercial break. A camera that predicts the future. <laughs> it should have made me my fortune. You invented it? What? Do you think I've always been a wretched creature slinking him out at night? Yes! It it is it is amazing that like on the TV adaptation for a book that is so kind of lacking in nuance and substance they managed to cap even miss out that the little substance and nuance that was there. Yeah. Well, the fact that he ended up like he didn't actually even invent the camera; he stole the idea from his partner. Correct. Yeah, it was kind of needlessly convoluted in the book, wasn't <laughs> yeah. it? Like, I, I, I will, I will say that where the TV show did streamline, it streamlined well. But yes. Like, yeah, yeah. it was. It, it, it streamlined it in a way where you didn't care about any character or didn't know anything about them, and there was no <laughs> kissing in the woods. I wish there were kissing in the show. <laughs> I, I will say. So Spidey tells. I, oh. I was just going to say, I think maybe as a 10-year-old, like, I would have been okay with, like, kissing in the woods. But as a 35-year-old, like, <laughs> I'd be deeply, deeply uncomfortable seeing that, you know, like, or, or having it elaborated on, yeah. Yeah, totally true. So that's when they find out that Spidey's real name is Dr. Fritz Fredericks. My theory is that he's actually a Nazi doctor who has been mm-hmm. seeking shelter in America. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. When you say seeking I'll- shelter, it makes it sound like he... Like 
requested it from the government. And they're like, yeah, we'll go ahead and give it to you. Uh, um, they did have, do that. Have you never Just, heard of what was that guy's Operation name? Operation Paperclip. Yeah, the guy who who yeah. who helped invent NASA or whatever. Yeah, they they yeah, literally they, um, harbored Nazi doctors here in America. Yeah, Ver- rocket Ver- scientists. Uh, rocket. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Bro- Bronstein. Is yeah, 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 Ver- yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Which one was uh, Ian McKellen and apt pupil? Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, um, not I mean, certain like, on that. Yeah. But so Brad Rinko really stuck it to him, though. Yeah. Well, I gotta, I gotta say, like, yeah, does does that draw into larger implications about the the Goosebumps universe? Like, ov- obviously, Operation Paperclip happened in, in <laughs> there too, like, which is definitely. Yeah, I don't know. It's is Flappy it is, a Nazi? All, yeah. all Goosebumps villains are are Nazis. They're Nazi Can, doctors. Can, canonically, they are some kind of fascist. There's probably yeah. some. Mussolini's Italy. Yeah. Uh, I, according to the opening sequence of the Goosebumps TV show. None of this would have happened if R.L. Stein had a good suitcase that stayed Jesus locked. Christ. Because oh, apparently yeah. the suitcase falls open and his manuscripts fall out and spread across Connecticutville and, and completely they possess a dog. They turn a dog into a demon. Oh, uh, yes, yeah. It's none of this would have happened if, if someone had been very careful with his manuscripts. Yeah, thanks for nothing, R.L. Stein. Exactly. And that was, that's kind of what the movie is, too, right? Don't, don't, doesn't everything get loose? Yes. Yeah, it's true. So, his his mm-hmm. books go get loose. Mm-hmm. So I haven't seen the movie because I... I, I, want to like, I want to like Jack Black. I don't really have a deep grievance with him. I think he's probably a very nice person in real life. Mm-hmm. But many, many years ago, I had to go see The Holiday with a, with a former girlfriend. <laughs> Sorry. And... I, I never last year. <laughs> never ever wanted to walk out of a movie so badly, like and <laughs> ju- uh, and just so many of my Jack Black associations are bound up with that. So when Goosebumps was coming out, I just like shuddered and couldn't like. I think uh, he's, he's fine. In that it. was he's, maybe the see, worst. I think you need to get into the pre when they tried to make leading man Jack Black happen. Shallow like, how. Uh, well, we've we've all seen like the Never Ending Story three, you know, like you know, with with Jack Black as the bully and so I have on, not like, seen so. that. No, <laughs> um, oh, I've, well, I've never been able to make it through Never Ending Story. That's my confession. Right. Well, well, like Jack, Jack Black's in, he's in Never Ending Story three as one of the school bullies, and he's already like twenty or something like that. So. That had to have been one of his first roles. I, I thought Mars yes, Attacks was yeah. his first role. Mars but... Attacks was a very early role. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is pre Mars Attacks. He was in Bob Roberts. Like he he's been in a bunch of stuff. Mm. Well. Yeah. No. So, uh, but yeah. So I haven't seen the Goosebumps. He's movie. fine. How was Goosebumps. it? Yeah, he's it's, fine. It's, it's an okay movie. You know, it's yeah. better than this book. It's better than this show. Like, has, I agree uh, with both things. It's better than the book and better like, than the sh- It has the, a bunch of show. comedy yeah. people in like it. It has production values. Like, there's funny stuff in it. Who Lord plays R.L. Stein in a... He does play R.L. Stein, yes. He's playing R.L. Stein as a dick version of R.L. Stein. Well, I mean, we don't know what R.L. Stein's like in real life. Yeah, we don't know he's not a dick. I've heard he's tempestuous. Rather than jovial Bob Stein, he's chodial Bob Stein. <laughs> yes. Oh boy. Oh my god, I think we're almost done. Please guys. finish this off a book. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So the Nazi doctor tells them that the camera was actually invented by his partner, but he stole the invention because he was young and greedy and he wanted fortune and fame. 
But his partner was... Vane. <laughs> Gone his... insane, but the memory... Uh, his partner was actually Sorry. more evil than him. Um, was known for dabbling in the dark arts, but actually was a master. And he cursed the camera because if he couldn't profit, then neither would Fritz. Um, and so the camera steals souls and kills people and cannot be destroyed. And it ruined Fritz's life to keep it hidden. I don't feel like he was much for, say, foreshadowing future books or anything like that. Um, but I do kind of feel like he was maybe setting up to tell a story in the future about, like, that evil master or something like that. Uh, the, you know, the uh, Dr. Fredrickson's inventing companion. Like, he could have had a whole bunch of books about this, like, evil dark lord who was, like, going around cursing everyday objects. But I don't know that he ever kind of delved into that in future books. Should have. What a missed opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been better. <laughs> so um, Greg and Sherry try to leave, and Fritz blocks them and tells them that they know too much and that they can't leave. And they get in a big fight again, and Sherry grabs – they're fighting over the camera again. Sherry gets the camera away from them, and f that somehow frees Greg. And then Sherry and Fritz are fighting over the camera, and the flash goes off somehow – in another tussle, I think this is the third or fourth time that the camera has gone off accidentally. Yep. And um, Greg and Sherry just run. And Sherry's still holding the camera. And Fritz howls in anguish after his picture is taken and then suddenly stops. And they go to check on him. And his mouth is in a twisted O of terror. And his face stared up at them. He was frozen and dead. And Greg guesses that he died of fright because he knows the power of the camera. And they look at the picture, it's still half in the camera, and that shows Fritz dead. Greg hides the camera again, then they go home and call the cops. They told the cops that they ran in the house to get out of a thunderstorm, and they explored, explored the house while they were waiting for the storm to blow over, and that's when they found the body. And the official cause of death was heart failure. So... Mm. This is very different from the show. <laughs> so the kids um, have yeah, backed away. Yeah, we've done it 20 minutes. <laughs> the, sh the show had, I think the show had a better way, a better ending for Spider, but I'll tell you later. Um, that's mm. when we get to the last chapter and Joey and Mickey suddenly appear. They had been following um, our heroes, Greg and Sherry, and they are going to get that camera. And so they go into the basement of the Kaufman house. They just want to take selfies. <laughs> they get the camera and Joey takes a picture of Mickey and it ends with the two of them. Huddled around the photo, photo, waiting to see what develops. Cliffhanger. Mickey, Mickey yeah. and Joey absolutely went to the Stephen King school of bullying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they don't they're, drop they're any just... any hard uh, any any slurs. No, they don't. But the but they're yeah. those bullies who like bullies for the sake of being bullies, right, as opposed right. to like yeah, you know, it, it's quite arbitrary why they carry on the way they do because they like, want that camera. Did you see yeah, that I mean, camera? Everyone wants that yeah, camera. True. Yeah, yeah. Were they bad boys before they saw the camera? Because it's implied that the camera influences behavior. I think it, it's yeah. it's kind of like the the it monster. It possess they were bad, but it possessed them to be even worse. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's maybe. Yeah. Um, it's... in the in the show, the camera it ends with the they uh, take a picture of Spider, who they never actually name in the show. 
but he gets sucked into the camera. Mm -hmm. Until the Mm. bullies come in. The bullies come and unleash him. Yes. And so at the end, Spidey is looming over the bullies. Yeah, the rock spider looms over the boys. Yes. And that's how the episode (laughs) ends. Yeah, there were more maybe disturbing implications <laughs> on the TV show, but uh, uh-huh. yeah. the um, but yeah, no, I I think it's amazing how like the TV adaptation was both better and yet worse than the source material. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, it was shorter. Yeah, yeah it sure was. Like, I, uh, I think that the the TV show even had the origins of COVID nineteen. Am I correct? Oh, yeah. I'm insert gonna, clip here. I'm going to insert an audio clip. Uh... I heard he eats rats. It's cats. I heard it was bats. Yeah, and I was kind of like, oh, wow, that seems... Um, yeah. uh, law and order ripped from the headlines. Exactly. <laughs> ripped from yeah. 2020 headlines. The, it really does tell the future. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. It, 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 that it was... launched qu- quite a career. Yeah, Gosling. I mean, yeah, Ryan Gosling's in that, and like, don't get me wrong, I like Ryan Gosling, but it was weird seeing him in this with this kind of like half bowl cut, half. Yeah, uh, half, he had that weird nineties cut. cut. He yeah. was nineties. Yeah. He was the nineties. I. It was, but it was like the curtains cut, but bordering on a pumpkin pie haircut as well. <laughs> too, like, so, uh, I never. He was kid, right. He's what? Sorry? He was. He was on the Mickey Mouse Club. Like, oh, okay. um, just like mm. Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears. But I think, here's the thing is, I watched the Mickey Mouse Club in the late 80s, right? Like, the new Mickey Mouse Club, when they were trying to reboot it for the new generation. And it mm. was, like, a bunch of skits and music skits and that kind of thing. And I don't think I watched it when Britney Spears or Christina Aguilera no. or Ryan Gosling or any of these, Sarah Michelle Gellar. I don't think they were on. I was on a talentless season watching this bull crap. I Mm. do not remember any of like the, the more famous Mouseketeers. I guess. You were watching the SNL season with Billy Crystal (laughs) and, uh, and, uh, uh, Julie Louis-Dreyfus and Robert Downey Jr. And Anthony Michael Hall, the seasons that no one remembers. Yes. Meanwhile, I'm watching all that, which gave us Keenan. It gave us Kel. This was even pre now that all that, it gave us Amanda Bynes. These stars only. Did you see her face tattoo today? What? What? Did Amanda Bynes get a face uh, tattoo? tattoo? Oh my! Mm. I'm gonna have to look. This is. I'm heartbroken. Uh, you over know, this. I I feel bad for her because for a long time she was kind of a child star who mm-hmm. like avoided a lot of the drama and like that seems to have really. I don't know. She's kind of had more drama than any of them now. Like, she seems like she's better now, though. Yeah. That me yeah, said. Better, yeah, like, yeah. She got, uh, I, I feel bad for her. It's, 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 like, a, it's a heart on her face? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm bringing it up now. That's <laughs> easy to cover up, guys. Why do, why do that, though? I don't know. I'm, it, it's badly drawn. I will say it's badly drawn. It's a prison tat, really. Oh, right. Yeah, no, that doesn't look ideal. It's, um... Oh, well, look, she's happy. We are That's all simple. dealing with this disease in our own way. And if she wants to mm-hmm. self-tattoo her own heart it, on her face, because I'm, I'm guessing it. it's self-tattooed. It, it does look self-done. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Mm. I, know, I uh, do know that I mean, tattoo parlors... I do know that tattoo parlors are open here in Springfield, and they just opened recently in Austin, so if anyone wants a tattoo, you can go get one. Thank God. Put that needle well, in me. 
They're still all closed over here, so I guess I'll have to fly over and see you guys. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys, let's all get matching face tattoos. Come, come get a twenty dollar tattoo. With, with Amanda. Yeah. Come, come to Ink Ink and get a twenty dollar Alf tattoo. Is Ink Ink still open? Uh, it was la- I last no I ch- it was open pre pre pandemic. It was open. We shall say if there has to be a uh, a casualty of COVID, it should be Ink Ink. I mean, probably, but we do always check on those ladies whenever we go to Pizza House to get pizza. It's always a completely different crew from what it was really on the, is. What was yeah. on the, Not the reality show. I don't know if uh, Tom knows Tom, what we're talking about, but I no, I was going to say there's obviously some local backstory. There's here. a no, there was, first podcast ever. <laughs> this our was first, our first podcast. Our first real. podcast ever was us talking about a TLC show um, called Tattoo Girls that focused on a tattoo parlor here in our local hometown that was run by all, right. all women. It was called, it's called yeah, Ink, right, Ink. Right. And by yeah, Ink, yeah. Ink, I don't mean I-N-K-I-N-C. No, it's I-N-K. Which should make sense. I-N-K. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah just two Inks. <laughs> it makes no sense. They claim to be like the only all... All female tattoo parlor ever? Not true. It's just, I don't know. It's, that's, not true. Not true. it's probably uh, only could, true in Missouri. It was... I could believe, I could believe like maybe the... First or something like that, but only no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Anything. It wasn't the first. <laughs> it's not the best. It's and they 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 had a very bad reputation amongst local tattoo parlors. As everyone's like, we get so many cover ups, and we're like, where did you go? And it's obviously not that it's women doing the tattooing. It's just that they their artists Georgie. weren't yeah. best. Yeah. And we yeah. had a we had a young lady on the podcast with us. For at least a few episodes, who had some work done there, right? Oh, right, right. So it was sort of a. I just remember combo. what was fun yeah. about her was that she got so drunk that she knocked over a pile of like beer cans, and we all died laughing. <laughs> you need, we need to get these episodes up somewhere where Tom can hear. Yeah, I was going to say when when did you guys record these? You can find them. This was a TLC this TV was show. So literally, you can, you can see Springfield. Like this is our. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. do show yeah. a lot of Springfield footage, mm-hmm. and it looks sad. This is literally 2016, Uh-oh. I think. They yeah, right. So what's the name pretty... of our podcast? They went out of the way to make us look as hokey as possible. Oh yeah, like I they, will say that they did a bunch of like farm yeah farm like, footage. There is not farm footage near there. I don't but know like where they the, the tattoo they parlor is downtown. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a downtown tattoo parlor. But all the B roll is just like cows. Yeah, we're like okay. <laughs> it's just like giant piles of cow shit and hay. <laughs> just what hay bales. Get shit, USA. <laughs> yeah, right. What right, was that guy's right. name? Bobby Love. Oh my God, uh, Bobby. Bobby Love. Love, the love interest. Yeah. My mom works no, with him no. at, at her place of work. She works and with Bobby Love. After after doing <laughs> that, I I worked with a woman who dated who had dated Bobby Love. That's a whole different thing. Guys, we don't need to get into Bobby Love no. right now. We're not, losing. Here's what I want to say. It, it's like if they did a show about Sydney and all of the B-roll with kangaroos hopping around. <laughs> but, but that but that happens. That's literally everything That's about how the town is. Literally yeah. every uh, American. Okay. Well, just, all of the B-roll was Crocodile Dundee doing shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 it's that kind of level of, like, I don't want to ever defend Springfield. But it's one of those things that makes you want to, just out of being, uh, yeah, yeah, so obnoxious. Um, I think what? the show, I think the podcast was called the 
TLC Tattoo Girls official <laughs> fan cast or yeah. something. Like yeah, it was ridiculous. Right. I made yeah. I made sure to put the word official in there. It was like the most so, ridiculous title ever. I, I tried to look it up so, and find so, it a few like a few months ago, and like the last three episodes are online, but not yeah. the one where she falls over the can of beer. I ran we, I ran out of space. We I, literally recorded them on Blake's iPhone as we just sat around a table. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna put them up. I'm gonna re-upload them on the Ox Network. Was, nice. Was, was Adam on this one? Or? Yes. Yeah, it's yeah, it's okay. us and Adam. It's all four of us and Adam and a couple special guest stars. And occasionally yeah. like an ex-girlfriend of mine. <laughs> So it was That's a lot this, of fun. I I think the because I originally came across um I don't even remember how it was on Twitter but I came across Shelf Life around episode like five or something like that uh-huh. and that's sort of when Blake and Adam and I all started talking and I was like oh you know this seems like good fun and yeah so it's been uh, and I think one of the first episodes I heard was with you on it Josh where you were uh, talking about your like uh, traumatic childhood <laughs> and <laughs> that I, sounds I was like, like Josh. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, I was like, I'm feeling some resonance here, Josh. Like, you know, so it's uh... yeah. Here it is, official TLC's Tattoo Girls fan cast. Uh, I'll send it to you, Tom, later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta listen to this. I think it starts like in the third episode, though. So Blake needs to. Uh, upload I'll get all the. Of them. I'll get the other ones up. Yeah. In yeah. my head, we were gonna blow up with this fan cast in Springfield because I thought one after one in town was gonna watch it. And everyone in town was going to want people to talk shit about it. <laughs> this was like so, the most quickly buried reality show of all time. It really was. No, it we, was on for one season. There was a cliffhanger and they've never come back. Um, so I do want to talk about the TV show just briefly because I want to read an IMDb review that I found. Oh, yes. yes, yes so yes, it's yes. really not a great review. And I don't know why I pumped it up. But I thought it was kind of funny as I read it. So You've been it twice and I'm so pumped for it. And now and I feel is- like. Sorry, this better be so good. This is um, the only review I think that was on IMDb, and it says the writer posted, "There is a few moments that match the original story, but it's completely different from the book. A character is missing, <laughs> multiple plot points don't occur, and the ending is completely changed." True. I want a remake. Sadly, <laughs> so that's sadly I do want a remake. <laughs> So we have people who are demanding a remake of of Say Cheese and Die. Release release the Stein Cut. Release the Stein Cut. Yeah, release the Stein Cut. No, what could you do with this? I I feel like the source material is so bad that you can't really... Honestly, as I'm reading the book, I'm like, yeah, um, one of those male characters could have easily been cut out. Yeah, we didn't need another dude. We just needed a fat kid to make fun of. Just give me chicken. Well, and that's... And that's kind of it. Even with the sort of overweight kid, they kind of go, like, oh, good that you got all that extra padding. And then they just yeah. never mention anything Other than like he that likes playing again. the girly games. So not only yeah. is he chubby, no. but he's... But he's the one they cut. There's he's... no overweight kid in the show. No. Just, yeah. a, just a bird kid. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's that's why I kind of said it's amazing how, like, they did such a good job of condensing it while still making it worse. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it's... Yeah, the... I don't know. It's very, but it's so like the whole thing is so like early to mid nineties. Like it's a TV show. It's in Canada. We're just yeah. capitalizing on this brand. Like you know, it 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 screams like nineties TV. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, how many hooves 
would you guys give this book? Uh, well, I'm giving it two, which is what I give everything now. <laughs> I want to be a horse, that, a horse that falls over because it can't stand. Can it, it's not a, it stand on its two hind legs? <laughs> Wait, you're not giving it one front leg and one back oh. leg? You're just giving it... Like, I'm not. I'm giving it uh, That's cruel. two fronts, and it goes, go, 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 go. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Hands tries to pull it up, but he can't. Oh, no, no, no. 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 Gosh, no. Uh, oh, but God. I would say... How dare it, you? It just wasn't good. Like, I wanted to like it, but yeah. it, 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 it read fast. It had there was nothing going on, but I just didn't enjoy it. Tom, I, I'd give it, I'd give it two as well. I, I think that um, some of the like look the, the Goosebumps books are not high art or anything like that, and you don't expect them to be. They're good in the sense that they turned an awful lot of people on to reading that never would have picked up a book otherwise. And and some of them some of them like I'd need to go back and read them, but some of them were you know, kind of charming and fun and you can see how it would have sparked an interest for horror. For for this one, I, I think the best thing about it is the original cover. I don't even yeah, have yeah, the, yeah. I don't Fair even have the original, original cover. So it just kind of sucks. Like yeah. But yeah. yeah. I'd be curious to see how the sequel is. Um whether it's any better or whether it's just another piece of shit. But you know the I'm skeptical. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think I gave it three because I'm relieved it's not a slappy book. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, a lot of yeah. Either. Also, a lot of it's probably nostalgia. I do remember specifically this book and maybe Monster Blood out of them all the most. And I remember mm. carrying this book with me to a Mormon like after church gathering. And trying to find some place where I could like secret myself and just like read the book in private and not be around people. Like it was literally tucked into my church bag with my Book of Mormon. And like I could not find a place. And I remember coming back home and sitting in my chair and devouring it as my mom was watching like Herman's head. So these are all things that are very. (laughs) These are great references. That are very prominent in my mind when I think of Say Cheese and Die. So I'm going to go with three stars because also it made me think of Herman's Head, which in my mind was a hell of a show. And that's a five-star show. Great show. So um, before we move on, Josh, what's our book for next month? Oh, uh, hold on. I do have a question. Oh, yeah. About this book. Uh Uh-huh. So when they go in the woods, they're playing Spin the Bottle. And Truth or Dare, maybe. Or truth or dare, that's what I meant. Yeah, they, they never really qualify which they're playing. Yeah. It's just implied that yes. there's... They're playing one of them or both of them. R.L. Stein was never invited so to Seven play. Minutes in Heaven, who knows? Yeah, yeah. there's, there's kissing. There's kissing. Yeah. I wrote in all caps, there are no examples of truth or dares. Parentheses, kissing is implied in the woods. Those are my notes. <laughs> it's because R.L. Stein has no reference for what these games actually were, so he's just kind of guessing... Because R.L. Stein wasn't young when he wrote this. He would have been like maybe f- close 40s? to 50, something like that. Oh, yeah. mid-40s, maybe even maybe. 50. Like, yeah. yeah, so, it, yeah. He had been kissed. I've, I've read his biography. But he I had, mean, at least- do you think little R.L. Stein was invited to play kissing games by the other children in the woods? Were there kissing games no. in 1908? <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> oh, sorry. KKKJK. Okay. Here, here's my question about... Uh, spin the bottle as someone who didn't play it. Mm-hmm. So when you play in a circle mm-hmm. in the 90s and it's co-ed, mm-hmm. 
in movies kind of address this maybe what happened like if if we're if if we're spinning mm-hmm. and it lands on like my buddy uh greg or bird mm-hmm. uh it would I, be a I spin again can. moment no, it would be a kiss, spin again you kiss bird it would no, be a, I, I, everyone, I guess if laugh for a long time, like, oh, and uh, pretend to kiss, and then... I will tell you that as a child, everyone would go, ooh, and then you would just spin again. As an adult, okay. you better ball up you and kiss better that person. pucker up, or you'll be shamed. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm. If you are drunk playing uh, spin the bottle as an adult, you're just kissing everyone. No, no adult should ever play that game, I repeat. Never. Yeah, I, I I've still never played it. I don't think it was such a big thing over here as maybe like movies and yeah. some made it out to be. Um, or maybe I just wasn't invited honestly, to the right party. Don't even say? think it was as big of a deal over here because any childhood party I went to did not involve that. And I honestly mm. think that as adults, like whenever I played that game as an adult, and it's usually like we're all really drunk at a party, and someone's like, "Hey, let's play spin the bottle," and there's like a bottle of Blue Moon on the you know ground or whatever. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. it's honestly just <laughs> us living. I think it's just us. And they want to play spin the bottle in their, I, I'm going to guess, early 30s. I, I or uh, 20s. I literally think it's just us enacting things we did not do as children because yeah. I never did it mm. as a child. We just uh, gotcha. doing the, the things the we saw in party, mm-hmm. I went to a party once when I was probably like 24, 25. I went with my girlfriend and she, at the time, <laughs> and there was a bunch of people we worked with, and she wanted to play spin the bottle, and I was just like, "I'm just gonna go lay on the front lawn. This isn't for me." <laughs> you missed yeah, out. I, you missed out. I, I feel like playing with workmates wouldn't be a great. Oh, don't play with workmates. Most of them were like, "Don't do that." I think they were all like seventeen, eighteen, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna." I'm gonna head out. What? I don't want to be known as. Also, don't rock. play with underage people. Don't no. do that. Yeah, yeah, no, no, don't, don't, don't be like Spidey, like you know. This, yeah, uh, yeah. So, Josh, what's our yeah. next book? Okay, it is called. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, now it is the summer, and we want to read a summer book, right? Uh huh. So this is called Summer Snow. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so. Do you want me to read the description? Just what's it about? What give us a little taste? I would say, uh, yeah, give us a little taste is exactly what. The, hey, the first right. taste is free, as they say. Uh, okay, well here's the tagline: Cocaine makes her feel good, <laughs> too good. <laughs> Meet Leslie Bishop, a 16 year old girl with secure uh, with a 16 year old girl whose secure happy world is shaken up when her parents decide to split up. That's why she finds herself visiting her father solo in Los Angeles. Oh, Los Angeles, of course. The summer after the divorce. <laughs> it's an experience Leslie will never forget. Everything in California is more exciting than she's ever known. With her mom in Chicago. Yeah, lame fucking city. <laughs> First of all, there's Frederica, her dad's pretty young actress girlfriend. Then there's the loose quotes. Quotes around laid back. Laid back lifestyle. But nothing compares to meeting Scott, the gorgeous blonde brother of a famous movie star. Scott makes her forget. Sorry, I'm reading. Is this, I have to is scroll this up. book about Scott, someone who fell in love with Scott Bio or something like that? Back when he was on Charles and Charles. Maybe he or... wasn't. I think about someone who too. fell in love with something a little bit whiter than Scott. Uh, 
Scott is incredibly cool. He's e- he has equally cool friends. And they always. Oh, it's, this can't be about Scott Byer then, yeah, because he's, <laughs> he's not a cool guy at all. Leslie can't believe that she actually wants to spend time with her. So when they take out cocaine and ask her to try it, she does. She's she's not really scared. She won't get addicted. Not Leslie. Dot dot dot. And I'm gonna show you guys the author photo. Well, I love I the author I'm photo. Sure. I guess the group can't see it, but I'll show him. Show us. Okay. Uh, that's yeah, that's pretty pretty. She looks. She like, looks like Marion Levy. Yeah. She knows about blow. <laughs> so that's who you assume is going to uh, write this uh, book about the dangers of cocaine. She looks like she's up to date with what the youth are doing. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah wait, what's about oh. summer snow? Summer snow. So this is an after-school special in book form, basically. Basically, yeah. So, so is this the babysitters club? Except they start a coke dealing ring instead of babysitting for people. Like, I mean, that would be great development. <laughs> yeah. So we're pretty excited about uh, our book for the next step. Um, okay. Tom, anything you want to promote while you're here? Uh, while you're here? Look, the, the best place to find me is over on Twitter. You can follow me at, at Lupine Book Club. Uh, and there you can find all my various projects. And we can talk rubbish about metal and, uh, you know, other young adult novels if you want. Uh, well, I don't know. Would we even call this YA? Like, anyway, if you want to talk to sure. Babysitters Club or something like that, hit me up on there. <laughs> um, and I don't then, think uh, it's YA, by the way. I don't think this. No, it's probably a little young. Yeah, but um, but yeah, hit, uh, hit me up over there, and uh, thank you for having me on, guys. It's it's yeah. been a pleasure. Yeah, thanks for coming thank on. Thank you. We'll have you on whenever we do Monster Blood. What yes. time is it? What time is it there right now? Oh, only like two in the Arvo. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Plenty of time. Yeah. Um. So you guys, if you're interested, you can follow us. We are are at Are You There Pod on Instagram. You can email us. We are at areyoutherepodcast at gmail.com. And um, if you have a few seconds, please don't forget to rate and review us on your podcast listening app of your choice. If we're on there, Stitcher, Apple um, Podcasts. Um, all the places. Yeah. Shout out to my other podcast on this network that I do with my friend Adam called Shelf Life. It's about toy collecting. Uh it's humorous, and I'm working on something with my band. That's all I'll say for right now. Some, sometimes you even say the the f word over on Shelf Life. We don't you? we cuss, we do cuss. So, the parental advisory, as with all our podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. even the TLC <laughs> hey, official tattoo like girls. Them, oh, be, cool. be on the lookout for me re-uploading TLC's official tattoo girls fan cast because <laughs> i'm really going to do that and it's, and we want you to watch along i'm we'll, kind of excited to revisit i'm gonna find make sure none of that cancels us automatically i'm, I'm gonna find a place where they can where someone can stream this if that's still possible so until next time see you later horse girls bye